Hello, everybody. This is Jamie Buckley, author, illustrator, dad of 12, and I am here with my co-host and sidekick, master chef, marksman, and some say he's immune to the cringing effects of baby vomit, Evan Buckley. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) We both look, we're both sitting here having our tea, our coffee, our cold pizza, and... Looking like we need to go back to bed. <laughs> some mornings. Some mornings. It is. It was a long night. I was up like three times in the middle of the night, just, oh, just aching. Just aching. It was cold. It was so cold. It's, two, it's, I have two space heaters in my room. It was unbearably hot. So. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's uh, it's it's always when your head, when your bed's against the outer uh, wall, of of the house it's i don't know maybe it's a lack of the of the insulation but it's oh my goodness it, that can wake you up you know and when you when you stretch your toss and turn at night and i put that. my yeah i put my <laughs> hand over my head and the back of my hand goes against this wall that you know it's just frozen it's like, it's it's like, like, <laughs> like camping like late in the fall or early spring and your hand touches the side of the tent and you're like no is that and you get the you get the cold wet? Oh, yep, <laughs> yep that's the, what that, it's... that morning condensation that you're just like this is the worst. <laughs> I think I think the worst was actually boys camp. I was like 14, and you get on, you're trying to put on your pants, but you're hunched over because it's a tent. You end up falling over against that side of the tent, and you uh, step out of the tent, and your back's just wet, and you're <laughs> shivering, and everyone's like, "What were you doing? Like, why is your back wet? Shut up! I'm cold." We need a fire, <laughs> you know, and, and you're sitting there, and I've got a buddy, Ashton, and he's he's looking at the fire, and, and it's slightly windy in the morning, and, and us 14-year-olds can't quite figure out how to get this fire going completely, and um, uh, because we, we'd, like, gathered a bunch of tinder and stuff, and, uh-huh. and the night before, one of the kids was sitting there and just tossing it in, just, like, mindlessly, mindlessly tossing in everything we'd gathered so you have nothing and to so, make the fire so, in the morning. So we've got nothing there. We're so cold. Like, I don't want to go out. I just don't want to even go get I just want to hold still. And Ashton's like, we don't get this fire going. If we don't get tender, he's, I'm putting my shoe in. So help me. <laughs> he says, I want this I want this fire going I now. was one of those horrible kids that if someone would have done that, would have found out who it was. I would have gone into their bag and used their oh, un- put his underwear. I was going to use his underwear for kindling. Uh, so we had this thing. It was... Um, it worked out really well for us. What we did is we um, we had these these thicker logs and we had a hatchet and we just like hollowed out. It started just like mindlessly. One of the guys was just sitting there and he was just taking that axe, just like, trying to stay to busy. Just yeah, just like while bored. we're talking, just like hitting the middle of it, and it's like hollowing it out. So we've hollowed it down, and then he's like, "This is interesting." So he flips it back over to the other side and hollows it. We finally get it to this hole in the middle and we light the fire on the inside. Well, that hmm. was actually great. Um, it was. So much hotter than any other fire we'd had, hmm. and um, and it was awesome. We loved it. Um, I thought there was a way that the, that I saw on YouTube that people do that that they actually like drill into the middle of logs and make some kind of a like a chimney. And I don't know. I mean, I I, well, I know they like there are lots of times they'll drill in the through the top of the log, then they'll drill in one of the sides for like a, an air valve, uh-huh. then light the fire, and doing it that way. I mean. It's nice and contained. You can pick it up and move it, things like that. You uh-huh. know, as long as you haven't done that deep, and I mean, it'll burn itself. So right, so right. it'll go. Anyway, so we're hollowing it out, 
and my um, we're having so we're having issues with other with other uh, camps. <laughs> this particular guy's name <laughs> his name is Joey. Nobody liked I didn't nobody liked him, and um, Eight. and uh, well he took Colton so one of my good friends Colton and he held him above the fire by his feet. Oh really? Yeah. Didn't okay. get in trouble for it. I don't know who he is, but I don't like him either. <laughs> well, he's he's one of Chris's younger brothers. Oh, anyway, okay. so uh, crap. So, so we're trying to figure out like what are we gonna do, and and we're hollering at this log, and he's like he's like we um he said we I want one of your logs. I want one of those hollowed out for my camp. Uh-huh. And we're like, well, do it yourself. You know, and and his kind of bullet, you know, do it or else or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So my camp leader's like, hey, no, guys, it's okay. We have one that's, like, partially hollowed out. I'll just give it to him. And um, and they call us for, like, an assembly. And he says, okay, you guys go on. I'll, um, I'm going to take the log and and, uh, and just put it next to his fire. So he picks up this halfway hollowed out log and takes it over to Joey's camp. We all get to the general assembly area and... And it's 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 after dinner. It's probably like eight o'clock, you know. Okay. And um, and they they're doing they're putting on like a program for all the boys and yeah. Anyway, and then it's like nasty smell just kind of wafts into camp. <laughs> like okay. I've never I've never smelled something like that before. <laughs> okay. And it's it's heavy. It's lingering in the air. It's like oh, a, no. it's like a fog. And everyone's looking around because everyone smells it, you know. And I see a couple of the camp leaders, like and and uh, and administrative, like the staff, and they kind of wander off, go to look, see what, like what's going on. Uh-huh. Anyway, they can't really figure it out. And my camp leader comes over and sits next to me, and and I was like, "Where have you been?" He goes, "He goes, oh, I just I put the log in their fire," and and I was like, "You did?" He goes, "Yep, I gave them a log within a log." <laughs> 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 and I was like, you "This is your camp leader, my camp leader." He says, <laughs> "Lead away, I shall follow." <laughs> he says, "It doesn't matter if he's a jerk; he's going to smell like shit for days." <laughs> anyway, Joe, so this guy Joey goes back to his camp after this assembly, and the whole like the whole mountainside stinks. I swear, like it's just it's just so bad, and it's it's the smell like. Like, it's a testament to the bad food they were feeding us. <laughs> the, the the malnourishment that came from, oh, I mean, you know, and um, and we get we get back to camp, and, and Joey's like, I don't know what you guys did, but it smells so bad up here, I know it's your fault. I mean, he can't even tell it's coming from his fire, right? <laughs> anyway, well, um, it just, it covered his stuff. Like, everything of his smelled like that. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it was kind of a, it was kind of a trade off cause that night he came you know, after we all, we had all gone to bed, he came back and he shoveled our coals and put them in the seats of each of our chairs and burnt through all of our chairs Oh, and then, and then urinated on, all, on, well, several of our tents. Um, but, uh, but he had to replace everything that he had. It just, it was permeated the smell and every, the rest of the guys in his camp cause, because uh, one of his brothers was running, you know, was mm-hmm. part of the staff. So he got a camp yeah. of just his friends, all of their stuff. Like, nobody wanted to ride home with them. Nobody's like, you can't even put your bags in my truck. <laughs> like, you're not, you can't. 
And I remember we were just sitting there, like we're all sitting on logs now. Our chairs are destroyed, and and we're and he's over yelling, complaining, and like starting to chuck his stuff in the fire because he's so mad. And we're just laughing. It's like good old time. Let's just hollow out another log. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a good time. It was I, I don't know the boys camp. I don't I don't know. So remember, say. ladies and gentlemen, the moral of the story is a log within a log. <laughs> Re- revenge is served best within a log. <laughs> That's anyway. <coughs> well, I don't even know what, where that came from, that story. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what we we're talking about. Came, came from your experiences. We were talking about. We started with getting up three times a night because I put my head, my hand oh. against the, oh, yeah, the against the wall. And then you said it's like camping, and we just kind of. Moseyed on over to a log you within know, a log. You know, I remember again camping story. So I remember going camping. <laughs> we're gonna fam- have more stories because we're gonna do Cherry Hill this year. Yep. So I remember Cherry Hills, and um, and I remember as a kid trying to get up as early as possible at Cherry Hills, not because of food, not because because it was just terribly cold. You didn't really want to get up, like. But you wanted to get up because it was the only time that you could see grandma without her teeth. And it was so funny <laughs> because she would try to get up before everyone else so that she could go to the, you know, go use the restroom, put her teeth in, begin yep. the day. Because she was really, you know, embarrassed, embarrassed about having dentures. And, and I remember we'd get up and we'd look at her and we'd be like, hey, grandma, grandma, smile. <laughs> and, and it was, and it was interesting because, you know, she'd indulge us every once in a while, but, um. But I just remember, you know, hearing like, mom, God, come back to the tent right now. Stop bothering your grandmother, you know, and and we're like all gathered sitting at the table, like waiting for the, her tent open. She steps out. We're all sitting there and she looks at us like, what? <laughs> like, smile. She's got that cup that she, you know, that has dishes in the, it. It's the, like when, when you were a baby, before you could do that, I would tease her. Come on, mom, do the bitter beer face. <laughs> so... You know, the, the memories, I remember Cherry Hills in later years, I'm a teenager, I remember um, being good friends with these two other guys that were camping there, you know, for that brief period, and, and uh, I was there at Delaney, and we were playing uh, basketball in the water, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And, um, and Delaney is just getting beat by this other guy. Like, like it's mostly between him and Delaney and this other guy, because yeah. me and the other guy, we're like... We were just like the sidekicks. We were mostly ignored. Like we're just sitting next to each other. Like we're supposed to be covering each other. We're just talking about games or something at the side of the pool. Like you know, occasionally it will come at us or something like that. Anyway, and Delaney's getting just beat by this guy because because Delaney was good and, yeah. and he he was fairly skilled and athletic. Uh, the other guy played basketball and he was just he was just a good shot. Uh-huh. Anyway, and uh, at one point. Um, the ball lands in the water behind him. He turns around. Delaney wants it so bad. The other guy has this big red sunburn on his back from uh-huh. you know, we've been days in the pool, oh, and just slaps, slaps him, him right in the back. Oh, and dang. his you know his hands come up like like don't shoot, like you know, screaming and and uh, <laughs> that's a bit much. It, it turned into a very <laughs> nasty basketball game after that because we're like okay. Everyone's sunburned. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we came back wow. to camp, and mom's like, "You look like you're in pain." I was like, "Don't talk to me." These handprints on your skin everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and then there are other things like you get slapped across the face. My face isn't sunburned. Oops. Like, <laughs> you know, or uh, or the guy that I was supposed to be. He was only 
he was only sunburned on his back, and you could see just like these finger marks of where he was able to reach with sunscreen, and, and <laughs> so he just had this spot in the middle of his back. It was the only spot you could hit. Oh and, man, I don't know. It, I, I there's so many. I mean, Cherry Hill was the first place that I learned how to make napalm. And then learn. I know how to make napalm. Not, not, not. But I didn't at the time. This was a long time Gasoline ago. Gasoline and. Uh, uh, sh- I don't think we're supposed foam. to say stuff you like that. Just not look it up foam. on YouTube. No, you use palm oil of dishwash and you know the liquid that you use over the sink. You oh, mix I, that. Oh, I, I the thing that. Uh, but I, what on I YouTube, learned on YouTube, homemade napalm is gasoline and like the styrofoam. That's what it is. Styrofoam. I because make it the styrofoam, a lot easier. Because the styrofoam melts in the gasoline. That's what creates the. If you do the gasoline and the palm olive, it's a lot easier. And I did that, see, but I learned, and I also learned you don't light it around Grandpa, because boy, did I make him mad. Because well, I was testing on forever. The, yeah, well, I I was trying to do it underneath the little hibachi thing that we had to grill. Well, yeah, you don't want those fumes and stuff going up into your food. Well, I dad did on a gasoline Dad didn't fire. quite. Yeah, Dad didn't quite think that one through. Of course, I was just doing it because it was fun. But then it's like, okay, now it's dripping down, and you can't put it out. And what do you do? So. Okay, gasoline fires. Again, oh. camping, boys camp. One of our one of the guys, he was in charge of your wilderness survival. His name is Rolf. <laughs> so, um, so he's trying to teach everyone bow and drill, and this is how you make fires and all this. Well, we're, we're over at this campfire getting ready, and he looks at us, and it was just some of the older guys standing there, and he, he looks over at us, and he looks around no one's else. So he brings out this gas can, pours it on the fire, leads this little trail over to his seat, then goes puts a gas can back in his truck, goes oh. over, lights the end of the trail, and then kicks over it, leading up to the fire. And he goes, I don't have time. He says, if, if you can light it the easy way, light it the easy way. That's the lesson here, boys. <laughs> And all the kids come over like, that's a huge fire. How'd you do it so quick? He goes, I told you, a bow and drill. He <laughs> says, if you learn what I'm trying to teach you, you could you would survive in the wild. And they're like, oh, my goodness, everything's lit. You know, and then it's, it's not like it's a simple, like, branch fire. It's like, it's like chunks of two-by-fours from a construction site. Like, that stuff doesn't light easily. Like, there's no freaking way. And it's lit everywhere. And he's just like, yeah. I'm really good. <laughs> well, exactly. And the thing was, is it's not to diminish from the fact, like, like um, he could light a fire in more ways than than I can count, because um, I was homeschooled. But <laughs> <laughs> um, if Mom but, ever hears one of these podcasts when you say that, you're in so you're I, in trouble. See, I can I can joke it myself, but, uh, but you know what? I would cha- I would challenge most people's knowledge with Simon's. Yeah. And he's homeschooled. Well, I don't. Think, I don't think homeschool is really indicative it's, of. It's of not. A you're just. You're just doing your. But, uh, uh, your the, cultural humor. Mm. I know. I know. Uh, I'm. I'm private and public school educated. Well, it's funny. Well, it's like it's like problems. it was like spending time at work at Quality Craft uh-huh. and the individuals talking about people that are homeschooled, and um, and they don't know I'm homeschooled. Uh-huh. So like an individual, this 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 young lady walks by and her hair's her hair's down past her past her butt and um, and they're like, yep, definitely homeschooled. And what I I don't know. It's this it's this weird. Anyway, and and so my buddy Chandler all the time makes homeschooler jokes because his wife was homeschooled. Oh, no. and um, and then just like two years ago, that. he I, I was talking about being homeschooled. He goes, really? 
this whole time. I could have been making fun of you this whole time. I was like, I was like, I know how mean you are to people. <laughs> I was trying to protect myself. And, um, oh my goodness. Anyway, but, uh, <laughs> hey, I know he, he definitely loved to make fun of homeschoolers, but, uh, you know, anytime, anytime I make a homeschooler joke, um, Mom always says, she goes, well, you, you learning, it was on you. You know, whether, you know, because you get to a certain point. That, it's true. Mom was always decide, there. Mom was always decide, consistent. Uh, that if you decide that you don't want to learn anything, well, there's very little anyone can do about it. I mean, it's true. It doesn't matter where you are. Public school system, like any any school system, if the child decides that they're done learning, that they're not going to do anything, there's nothing you can do to force them. I mean, they'll have to reap the consequences of, of those choices, but but there's nothing you can do to force them. And, well, it's like me and your Uncle Christian. I mean, when we, because of health reasons, we didn't go to school and they stick us in a, well, it turned out to be an accelerated program. Well, you but, didn't go to public school, right? Yeah, we did go to public school. And I and I went to private school for a year, which was awesome because in the private school, what they specialized in was actually teaching you how to learn and to create that hunger in you, which was pretty awesome. So then I go back to public school with that hunger and then... The lady, uh, Pat, <laughs> uh, which was our teacher, Pat, um, had another version of teaching you how oh, to. this was Pat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her and her partner. Yeah, Pat. Anyway, um, and she taught us how to, how to learn how to find, answer, find answers when you're alone, how to ask questions in different ways, which I thought was brilliant. So then she took that accelerated learning and, you know, <laughs> put gas on the fire, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so it made everything, it, it, she, made every, she made learning exciting again, which was great. So you have the hunger, then you have a teacher that shows you that learning's addictive, and then puts that passion in you and then just literally just gets out of your way. And that was great. That was the first time, I don't know about Christian, you'd have to ask him, but uh, for me that was the first time that I was allowed to learn however fast I wanted to go. And I just, and I haven't stopped since. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I You're a lot that way I, too. I've, you just go out, you well, just and go after That stuff. love of learning, I didn't hit till, till I was 21 where I just, I wanted to know. Wait, you mean I have to know how to read? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's, it's kind of like that. You mean there are things that I can enjoy reading outside of fantasy novels? Yeah. But, um, but it's kind of interesting. You know, you you talk about, about doing well. I know it it stopped at least here in the U S for a while. And I know a couple schools do it now, but I, I don't know about the legality of it. Um, that it used to be if you were if you had certain grades in certain subjects uh-huh. you were allowed to drop other subjects oh really because they said obviously you're going to go this direction in life you can just focus on this i actually haven't and even so, heard and of so that and so mom mom talked about that that she had a bunch of friends in high school that um they're like you know what you're 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 good at math you can go ahead and drop english and drop history you know wow and you can come in you can do your half days and go for there. me in school, it was never that. It was we see what you enjoy doing, whatever that is, and 
if you get this work done in advance, will allow you to use dedicated school time to pursue your interests. And so that's what was motivating to me. And so I would get things done days or even weeks in advance, and then I could spend, you know, half of every school day doing whatever the flip I wanted, which was nice. See, my, my thing is I, I enjoyed I enjoyed homeschool because, well, I got to, you know, for the most part, school because on my own time. Yeah. There were these dedicated moments where, you know, I, I, I got to sit down with mom and, and go over certain subjects or questions or things I have. But generally, you know, it's like here are your workbooks. They need to be done by the end of the day. Yeah. And um, so I like to get up with Leilani at like 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. And we just, just kind of sit and either sit in the living room or sit in one of our bedrooms. And we just try to get as much work done as possible before everyone got up. And uh, and that's where I really, I really uh, found that I enjoyed getting up early in the mornings. You know, it's a little bit it's a little bit harder as a parent because you go to bed once the kids are in bed most of the time. <laughs> well, and the problem is, and the problem too is like that's the reason why I set for decades that rule of bedtime is seven o'clock. And even now, you know, Simon or Carly or Winnie will say, "But we don't have to go to bed." But I says, "No, no, no. You don't understand. Bedtime is seven o'clock. That means you disappear." Yeah. That's my grown-up time. So you might be going to sleep at eight thirty, but I don't see you after seven o'clock. You go and yeah, you spend that room. time in your room. Yeah. Well, and that's that's something me and Marilyn have talked about. Just because you know you did that with me as a kid, and so you know, generally Hannah's in her bed by by seven o'clock. And it's not till they're a teen that they turn around and they start revolting against that, which really irritates the crap out of me. So it's like things like in the living room. Well, see, but it, there's things about when you're in the in the teen years that messes that up. And the reason why we do the 7 o'clock is because, you know, we spend all of our waking time taking care of you guys and and not catering to you, but taking care of you and meeting your needs. And grown-ups need, you already know this now, grown-ups need grown-up time. They need to recharge their batteries or there's going to be one or two less children tomorrow, you know. So we say it's at 7, 7 o'clock, that's grown-up time. What happens when you're a teen, then there's other factors that come into play like um, I don't get to go to bed on time because my daughter's out at a dance. And until I know my daughters are home safe, I can't sleep. And so I got to stay up till midnight waiting for them to come home. And then to top it off on, on top of that, like with your mom, uh, is they want to come in. They want to tell you about the freaking dance. Tell me about it tomorrow. I don't give a crap. I've been waiting was, to go to sleep. I always remember that coming home for the dance. And like, I was going to beeline to oh my bedroom my because my sisters were headed to your guys's room. Boy. I remember all the time. And I was like, Oh, well let mom and dad know that I'm also home. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Such. I'm going to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I see where we're at now is that with Marilyn, um, um, I mean, the baby, the newborn baby, I mean, kind of try to sleep around that schedule, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's interesting because before I, before I married Marilyn, I mean, she was in bed by 6.30 and asleep by 7.30. Wow. Because she had to get up at 3.30. Oh, that's right. 3.34, she had to take care of all of her animals, get everything set for the day, then go to work, then come home, then take care of them, then go to sleep, you know? And, um, and so there were nights like, um. The first time that we invited her over on a on a Friday because we're having a game night, and we're like it starts at seven, and she's like, "I'm normally like almost asleep by seven. Wow. She's like, "I guess I'll show up anyway," and she stayed till ten, and she's like, "I haven't stayed up till ten 
since I was uh, like studying for something in high school, you know, when she was going to, to chew up high school. And uh, she's like, it's, it's weird. I remember once uh, her, Leilani, and Lizzie, they all, they all got in a, decided to carpool and go to this, go to this dance, and she left her car here. Uh-huh. So me and Bentley went out, and we, we covered it in sticky notes. So it was just like covered, and we sort of ran wrapped it. Oh, and because um, it was parked <laughs> right outside the house, we were like, "All right, <laughs> this is easy. Don't even have to go anywhere." I'll walk up Hi. to mom. Mom's getting stuff ready for the school day the next day. Hey, mom, do you, can I get a couple packs of sticky notes? Um, sure, okay. You know, I come back in with like four left to hand them to her. She goes, "What did you do?" <laughs> so, you what know? was the reaction? Did I, you? I mean, I, well, did you I stick to around bed. to find out? No, I went to bed. Oh. Um, you do but, all that um, and not stick around to figure out to well, find out. I was going to hear who... about it at work, like because we, oh. you know, we worked in the same department. And um, anyway, uh, I guess I guess after they had driven away, she started to panic, like on their way leaving, and she's like, you know, talking to Leilani. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I left my car there. Do you know what your brother's going to do? He's gonna do something. Leilani's like, no, it's too cold outside. He's he doesn't venture out in the cold, you know. And uh, and there I am outside. I, I have a hard time believing this. that Leilani would be that ignorant. Well, generally, generally you. I wouldn't. Like generally, I'm not. Just, I just don't want to go out in the cold. I mean, if it's inside okay, the house, I'll enough. do it. I just don't want to go out in the cold. I remember at one point I went out in the cold. Um, Did you already like Marilyn at that time? That's, oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so they head over heels for. But um. But, you know, we get to work on Monday and she's like, she goes, it wasn't, she goes, it wasn't getting it off of my car. That was, that was the problem. I was like, what? She goes, I got it off the car. She goes, the wind kept blowing and spreading sticky notes everywhere. She says, and I felt so bad that the paper was going everywhere. She goes, I had to chase it all down in the dark. I was like, yep, that would be you. That would be you. She's like, I'm not going to just litter paper everywhere. And she goes, and so it's windy. It's the middle of the night, and me and Liz and Leilani are running around trying to pick up sticky notes that are flying all over the place after we remove the saran wrap. I, I, I thought it was funny. At one point, I was going to saran wrap her car in the middle of the summer. Um, or I was actually going to use shrink wrap, the shipping wrap, <laughs> you know, and, and I was super excited about it. Um, I decided to do a test run, so I did it to another employee's car, which will they'll remain nameless um, in case they ever listen. It wasn't. There were multiple cars, whatever. And um, <laughs> so we, we wrapped his car because mm-hmm. he loved his car. And he was a, whatever. He loved his car. So we found out that the shipping wrap in the summer, the heat, the Utah, the, the dry Utah heat shrink wraps it to the car. Um, and, uh, and so it just completely encased the car. It took him. It took him a while. He finally took a razor to it. He scratched his own car pretty good. Oh. Because um, he was just so mad at the end. He was just running the razor. And <sighs> he was like, I got this. I'm not going to scratch my car, you know, and just scratch all the way down his car. Then he blamed, you know, well, whoever saran wrapped is responsible for scratching my car. And really just he was mad about it for, for months. And every time I see I see him and I think that scratching his car. And Anyway, so we only did it to him twice again. <laughs> Before the end of the summer. Oh, are you serious? But we left a sticky note like scratches here, so you can cut here. <laughs> and uh, 
anyway, <laughs> I remember him. I remember him getting so mad. Like, oh my goodness, you know. And he goes, and the problem is, he goes, if I was inside, I could break it. I was like, shipping tape doesn't break that easily, man. It really doesn't. He said, yes, it does. I was like, okay, I'll tell you what. Let me tape your hands. So I, I remember just sitting there like taping his hands, and then the supervisor walks in, <laughs> and he goes, "You know what would help? Zip ties." So he grabs some zip ties. We we ended up tying it into a stool. I don't know. It's the weird things you do. I mean, does someone go back and get him eventually? <laughs> well, okay. So so we saran wrapped his hands. Okay, we've zip tied him to the stool, belt loops, you know, along the stool the whole bit, and. Um, and then, of course, the floor supervisor, you know, the floor uh, foreman comes in, Todd. Oh, like, joy. Like, what's going on? Like, why are you guys wasting time? And my supervisor, who's like two years older than me, and he's kind of like, uh, <laughs> we were planning on working harder afterwards. <laughs> you know, and it was just his personality. Like, he did stuff like that all the time. And the reason he was the supervisor is because the amount of work that he pushed out was just was insane. He was always reliable. He was just he got his work done. But he had these moments where he was just really, really childish. But the thing was, is that as much as as much as he had those moments, I mean, his work was was just stellar still. I mean, that's, you know, 100 percent. They're like, we, we've never regretted having him as a supervisor. But sometimes you kind of walk in. And, and he's what done something to one doing? of the other people, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of jokingly. And, and the thing is, because everyone grew up their friends, and he'd be like, "Sam, why is, why is Tom duct taped to the or saran wrapped to the chair?" And you know, and 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 I'm looking at Todd like, you know what? We just found him like this. We just, <laughs> you know, <and laughs> there there were a couple moments like, uh, and I remember working, you know, the like ignoring safety protocols. I mean, like you can't. You're not supposed to strap someone down like that in a factory, especially with all the chemicals and all the, all the other stuff right where we were. I remember once I had I had my cousin Bentley, who he, he normally works in another department, but they were a little bit slow, so they transferred some people to us for the day. Uh-huh. And I worked in this uh, enclosed space spraying the chemicals, right? Right. Well, I've got a full face mask. Right. Didn't think to lend him one. And I was like, hey, I got to get some other stuff done. If I show you how to spray this, will you spray this? And he goes, yeah, sure. Well, I... I um, I leave, you know, I have the fan on, I left, but the fan's on a timer. Mm-hmm. So you can only set it for an hour at max okay. and you got to reset it. Anyway, I come back like an hour and a half later and I realized that I had forgotten to tell him how to reset the fan. And when I left, there's probably only like 10 minutes on. Aww. So I go down there and I go into the first booth and he's in the second one. So I can't quite see him, but I can hear him laughing. <laughs> oh no. Oh, and, no. and I round this corner into the second booth and he's covering, he's got one hand on the gun where he's spraying, and the other hand is covering his mouth. And he's <laughs> laughing to himself as he's spraying these paints. I look over, his eyes are bloodshot. He's got oh, paint no. built up around the little bit of, you know, the goatee and a little bit of the top of his hair. And as it's just like he's spraying it, and then it's just like wafting in the air right above where he's at, you know, <laughs> like not being pulled into the fan. And he looks at me, and he's teary-eyed. He's just laughing to himself, <laughs> like, it's like... I need to take you for some air, Bentley. <laughs> and I was like, what's so funny? And he's like, it's just, I'm spraying wood. That's so funny. Oh, and my goodness. Anyway, and I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to take you outside. We're going to skirt past um, any supervisors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you need a break. And uh, I was like, why don't you go take lunch now? And, and, you know, I remember sitting him outside and trying to get him some fresh air. And it was stupid, too, because I sat him outside next to where one of the exhaust fans were, like, to the building. I just sat him to the side of it because it was out of view, and I didn't want to get in trouble because, you know, uh, spraying without a mask is, is a 
I mean, it's completely unsafe. It's you're not supposed to do it. I could get in big trouble for it. But I was, just, I don't know. I was in a hurry that day, and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I know, I know, I know that sounds bad. And and now that I think about it, me saying that I didn't use a, a mask half the time doesn't make it any better either. You know, I. <laughs> but you know, you, you, you sit him outside. It's like eat your food, get some air. Um. I'm going to go in and tell your supervisor that uh, I need you for the whole day that he can't take you back because his generally his job was running the saw a lot of the saws up in the door department. Oh, and I was that, like, yeah, uh, and I was like, I'm not going to send it back there now. That's so not I was kind a of job like, to uh, do. And he goes, well, I don't like to leave family members together, you know, for extended period of time just alone. You know, I, I tend to try to separate, you know, because you don't you want right. work done. And I was like, look, I will owe you one. I just I really need him right now. And he goes, you can't get anyone else. I was like, not one person. No one else, just him. <laughs> you know, and he goes, okay, I guess, you know, you'll owe me one. Then I go back to my supervisor. I need him to be with me. You know, and Sam's like, why? I was like, because I got him high and I can't let him anywhere else. <laughs> Sam's like, done. <laughs> because, good, was, good because, old Sam. because Sam, when he became my supervisor, <laughs> right? Um, he was down there. He, that uh-huh. was his original He knows spot. it, yeah. And so when he became supervisor, I moved down there. So he was kind of like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh joy, you know, I, oh joy! I, I remember the first time I I'd worked there mm. three days. I, I I wasn't even used to the just the smell of sawdust. Even like it just every mm. smell was just super strong. Everything I, I towards the end of working there, like you could have it a, bu- a bucket of the chemicals open right next to me, I wouldn't even notice. And um, but the the third it was like the third day at, uh, working with somebody. His name was Anthony. We we're supposed to be spraying these tables with these this uh, high durability lacquer and. And um, and we're supposed to be having masks. I was like, I don't think we need masks. And and then my supervisor, Chris, and he says, okay, he goes, I'm going to let you do this job without masks. And then next time you can tell me how this went. (laughs) He goes, it'll just be worth, you know, and and the thing was, is it took him like 15 minutes to come up with that decision because he's looking for masks. We didn't have any spare ones because since we just started, we hadn't ordered them in and Uh everyone kind of has their personal masks. And um and I was and at first he was like, well, I'm not going to have you guys do it. And I was like, oh, come on. This is easy. No problem. I can do this. You know, and he goes, I'll let you, <laughs> you know, and I remember we were closing down at the end of the day. We sent uh, we sent this other guy, Anthony, up to go shut off like the air compressor uh-huh. after spraying. And so we sent him to the to the other side of the shop and he was gone like 20 minutes. Yeah. We came back and he was just wandering around with his head up, looking at the ceiling, just like <laughs> following the piping on the ceiling. <laughs> You know, the, for the emergency water system. Just like, I've never noticed how intricate this is. We're like, what? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? He's like, I'm a headache, guys. Can I go home? We're like, yes, yes, let's all go home. <laughs> and luckily, he, he only lived So what like did Chris a, say after that? I'm totally curious. Oh, he said we need to wear masks. Oh. Um, <laughs> You know, he didn't sit there and point fingers and laugh. Oh no, <laughs> or he just sit back did that. there and just enjoy because we, we had to walk him home. You know, uh-huh. and uh, and he only lived like you know a couple of buildings over, right? But um, you know, and and um, he's like, I feel like he's like, I feel responsible. I was like, I don't know, like we're all old enough to make our own choices. We didn't wear masks. We didn't think it was a big deal. I went home and spent seventy five dollars on League of Legends. <laughs> 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 like that skin and I just remember sitting there like I had just gotten paid oh, my, my eyes are bugging out just a little bit and I'm sitting at my desk thinking these skins look awesome <laughs> yes I will give you my credit card number oh my goodness and uh, 
And I remember, you know, the next morning being like, where's my, where's my food money for the month? <laughs> like, where's my lunch money? <laughs> <laughs> I log in, it's just sitting in there, you know, I've already oh, paid it goodness. into it. And like, okay then. Wow. So it was a, it was an interesting uh, adventure. So how do we take this and segue into what we wanted to talk about today? <laughs> like this. We want to talk about games. Um, Talking about that League of Legends experience. <laughs> leads us to the next portion. Um, well, as far as, I don't know, as far as games, did you have the, I know you wanted to talk about card games. Um, well, I did only because, and so everyone knows, I'm going to talk about the the Ghost Miley uh game because all of you the patrons they they already know that you know that we have the go go smiley game card game that i based on an aspect of um the wanted hero books but it's i intended it just to be a little kid's game and it's doing better than that it's anyway i i wanted to bring it up because we did a photo shoot last friday and uh, the family who's marketing the games on uh, on amazon uh, gave me a call and said, hey, we want to do a photo shoot, get a bunch of the kids together, you know, get them down on, a, on the rug and and take some photographs of them. So we get there. I get there with your mom. We take your little brothers and sisters, and they have some of the other kids from some other families that like playing the game. I was like, okay, this will be fun. I just wanted to see it happen. We get there and like, yeah, we want to do a, a video interview. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, we, you know, we'd like to interview you and Kathy. And, and your mom's like, why me? I don't have anything to do with this. And, um, so we sit down, and the bad thing is I was in that cartoonist mood. So they put the camera on us, and they start asking me questions, and I'm taking air. It's a, th- I think this is where you get this from. I only have moods. You're just like this all the time. It's the literal thing. So she's asking questions, and the Questions are not phrased right, so I play off it, and she's having to say, no, no, no that's not what I mean type stuff. The, the problem with that is that generally the people that are that are speaking <laughs> in in phrases that can be pulled apart like that, and, and because pulling it apart, it's, kind of, it's just kind of like a dick move. You're just doing it just to do it. And generally the people that are making those mistakes, they don't understand that's what you're doing. And so they say something. You no, were... she understood I was doing it, but she also realized every time she would open her mouth, you'd see that little look, that little expression on her face of, oh, crap, I did it again. Here he goes. <laughs> and the weird thing is that I, I'm supposed to be looking at her, but everyone, and I, I'm really. She's standing at the verbal I, gate, just, well, opening, <laughs> just lowering the drawbridge for you, like. Well, I'm waiting. I want to see. I want to see this video. It's. I don't know if it's been edited yet or what. It's going to go on YouTube, and then we're going to put it up on on our website. But I am going to put it for the for the patrons, patrons. just for fun because I want to see. Because there were points where she was like, "What?" In the back, you can see the back. They're like, "What are you doing?" Because I'm talking to the gal who's filming it, and then when I answer a question, because I'm thinking like, "Duh!" In my brain, I turn and I look right into the camera, like I do at Twitch, and I'm like. Like that, (laughs) and which makes the camera gal. She just started, but she's trying so hard to be quiet because she's right next to the microphone and she's laughing, just laughing. And your mom, of course, and she's mom's on film. She's looking at me and like, oh my goodness, (laughs) like it just. Do I have to be standing next to him? Well, (laughs) yeah. But what's funny is that it got out of control, and 
I know. I was just laughing. I had the giggles. I just couldn't stop laughing. I thought all of it was silly and somewhat stupid, but fun. And yet when we were all done, I was like, gosh, is that, can you use any of that? And Karen's behind the camera gal and she goes, that was awesome. I'm so excited. I was like, oh boy, I have no idea what they're going to create, but well, you know, they're doing the marketing, so we'll see how that happens. But that's just what got me on to the idea of, uh, you know, thinking about card games and some of the ideas and also the kinds of card games and things that we like. I mean, you've played, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of experience with card games, but I remember I remember really enjoying going to what was the name of the game shop in Le- Lehigh that we would go to? Uh, Epic. Epic. Epic Games and Puzzles. And see, when I'd go in there and watch all of you guys like doing the Magic playing the, the Magic tournaments and stuff, that was fun. Magic Gathering still a it's a it's a stellar game. Um, I think I'm I'm biased when I when I think of the game to the sets that. Uh, that I enjoyed the most, you know, around the time where I was playing it a lot, you know, I kind of look uh-huh. back and I think, Oh, those in magic never, it's never going to get better than those moments. And it's not because, and it's not because it, it's not getting better or it has been better, but those were the moments when I was playing it a lot. I was playing with people that, you know, that I was living with, you know, the other guys in the apartment and, uh, right. and it was just kind of it, it, all around that time. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I really enjoyed. And so, yeah. and so, uh, to me, magic won't get better than that. But, but, but as far as game goes, I mean, it's still, I mean, the most played card game in the world. Uh, uh-huh. They still have these just consistent tournaments. It's it's it, and it's it's a really intense game. Um, you know, when you that I think that's where some of the, my nitpicking when it comes to rules and things comes from is that um, in in Magic: The Gathering, if you're going to play at even a semi-competitive level, you know, you need to be a a, a rules lawyer. You know, yeah, the, the, you're interpreting things down to whether or not this has a comma or not, or the or the priority of the words. And well, a I have sentence, a question about like that. that. Isn't it because because wasn't it? I'm I'm trying to remember correctly. Isn't that because you know when you were trying to explain to me how to play that game, you said regardless of what the rules, what trumps everything is whatever is says yeah, what exactly. it says on that card. So the guy who so guy that's who why game, you're saying that yeah, you need the to guy be, who made the game basically said these are the rules and then build cards to break the rules. It's that just a, sounds like fun. It's kind of how he put it. So. um so what happens is, is you get these crazy arguments about what triggers first, what happens first, and, and all sorts of these confusing events, and um, and so you really have to know how your cards interact with all these other available, you know, situations. And and part of the problem is in the beginning stages of Magic: The Gathering, um, they weren't consistent about the words they used, and that's what started it. You know, okay. um, like for example. Um, there was one card, it was called, it was, it was a planeswalker, Soren, and hit, one of his abilities was your life total becomes 10. Well, if you have 20 life and your life total becomes 10, you've lost 10 life, right? Right. But because it says it becomes 10, it doesn't trigger any effects that say if you lose life, X happens. Okay. And, and what happened is you would expect it to. And it was expected to happen that way, but they said, "Well, it doesn't say that he lost life. It said it became ten, so none of those attracts, effects trigger." <laughs> you know, and people be like, "But I lost ten hit points." No, your life total became ten. That's what happened. <laughs> you know, and and so it was, it was rules. This like is that. this is a literal game. Yeah, and so you really had to just. 
pay really close attention to that kind of wording, you know, because, for example, like I had one that said, like, on on my opponent's turn, I can't lose life. He goes, well, you didn't lose life. Your life total became 10. I was like, you suck. (laughs) That's not how that works. I lost. You can't touch my life total. You know, and then we had to call over a judge and the judge was like, well, it says that you life total becomes 10. So I guess. He didn't lose anything. He didn't it just lose anything. It that. just became that. You know, and, and and then of course later on they put an amendment in for that card, like like becoming ten counts as losing or gaining life, depending on where your life total was. You know, they had to add that in. So all these rules and stuff had to be added into every set. Why? Because there were some players like you that says, Look, dude, this sucks. Well, and then that's why everything has to be played so literally and not um and not what's meant. It doesn't matter who, what the designer meant when he made the card. Exactly how did he phrase it? Yep. You know, and and what effects trigger first? Because um, you don't have time to go and find someone's intent. You have to exactly. go by the actual what is. Well, and, the, and so what what happens is there's a lot of there's a lot of abuse of rules. <laughs> if you can find a loophole, like you'll get the you know. Yeah, but that's strategy. Yeah, exactly. I, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. At so least in my so mind. there's a lot of it. So there's one individual at Epic. I I think I, I must have played him a hundred times. I probably won three or four times to him. Oh wow! And I could beat. I could you know in some of the tournaments I was doing You're really decent. really well. Yeah. I was you know I, I I got top place twice. Um, but generally I could end in the top out of out of sixty players. Generally I could end in the top ten more often than not. Yeah. Um. And, uh, so what made this guy so good? I don't know. He just beat me every time. Like, I don't know. It just, every time I played against him, he beat me. And, um, and, um, and he's one of my favorite guys to play. I always wanted to play him because I was like, I'm going to beat you this time. He goes, yeah, good luck. (laughs) You know? And, and, and I guess. So he wasn't a spiteful. He was a nice guy. Oh no, he's extremely kind, extremely, uh, well-spoken. Well, I mean, he was kind of, uh. He was all the the good things of, of Delaney, uh-huh. my cousin. All the things that I enjoyed growing up, all the things that, you know, the friendship, the things that I liked without all the things that I disliked. Okay. You know, he was, he, you know, um, and, and you know, I hate, I hate that I have to add this, but, but he was clean. Mm-hmm. And I, and I mean physically, um, in that when you go into some of these shops, the amount of unwashed bodies is just unreal. Oh, my unreal. goodness. That was the big thing for me. And, it's like, and, I want to hang around, but and someone needs to bury the, the dead. The, yeah, the owner of the shop ended up having to put a... Uh, a shower in there, huh? Well, no, he put a sign on the door. He says, if you haven't bathed today, you're not welcome here anymore. Oh, my goodness. Seriously? And because people would walk in, and I remember... <laughs> They're you're just, not gonna. It, you're not gonna talk about that one guy that says you smell like. Uh, well, <laughs> you know we both know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, just, there there's some there's some interesting things, and and then there was like this one. There's this one lady. So this guy, there's this guy that came in. His his name was Lehigh, and he uh, <laughs> he was like your like class A nerd. Like the dude was just awkward to be around. He looked awkward. Mm-hmm. He was like six foot five. 45 pounds his adam <laughs> adam's apple was like bigger than my fist and um and he 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 wanted to play all these complex decks because he was on an an intellectual level higher than everyone else as he put it and um 
and he, he rage quit really easily. Anyway, well, he got his first... Explain rage quick to, to so, everybody. So something starts, stops going his way. He'll just get up, you know, grab all his cards and storm off. Just He's quitting in a fit of rage. Um, once he, he knocked over somebody else's deck, like, you know, just like, oh, I'm, you know. Not cool. And, and, just, and the thing was, it's like, because I knew that he had a tendency to act that way, I picked on him in games. <laughs> Cause, cause here's of so, course. so we play, we play, and I'm thinking, okay, we're playing a four player game. I built this deck to do one thing: I will destroy one player, and then I'll lose. But I can pick what player I destroy. So generally, I roll a die. Well, the first die rolled on him, so that game I just destroyed him. And he was like, he's looking at me like, why do you do this? Why? What have I ever done to you? And I'm like, I'm like, chill, dude. Like it's game. I I only have you saw what I have. You saw what I played. If I tried to f- combat all of you guys, then it would do nothing, and I'd still lose. And he goes, fine, whatever. So in the next game, I thought, well, screw rolling a dice. I'm just going to do it to him again. And I did. And uh, and I lost, but so did he. And that was So that was the whole point. Anyway, so he ends up, um, he ends up getting a girlfriend, like halfway through one of these tournament, you know, these month-long tournaments. Mm-hmm. That, and... Um, and bringing her in, and she wants to play magic. She's learned how to play magic, but she had this thing that she didn't believe in modern bathing. I don't know what that. I don't know what the hell that means. Um, I know that um, her she she didn't own a brush either, so her hair was like almost an afro, but she was like I don't know. She was like five five, glasses, freckles, mm-hmm. wild hair, and. Um, Anyway, and she just she stank worse than any of the guys. Oh. And I remember and I remember that we're we're sitting in the, the row on this table and she's sitting with her back to us on the table in front of us and she's got leaves and twigs in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> and Craig, he's sitting next to me and he's just like Did you fall asleep in the woods? <laughs> like <laughs> you know, and he's and she's like, What? He goes, uh. You building a nest for something? Like I don't what are? Why are you here? Go, hey Radagast! You know, <laughs> he's like, you get this high in the tournament, we'll buy you a brush. Oh, and 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 it, and it was and it was unkind, you know. And I remember sitting there thinking, but the problem is, is like, oh, I'm against her. I'm just gonna forfeit. I can't sit next to her. I can't sit across from her. Like it's it's just too bad, you know. And the thing was that then then Lehigh get so mad, you know. This that's my girlfriend. Yeah, we'll take her out. Grab a hose. Oh, heaven. <laughs> and, well, the thing was, is that we said that to every guy that came in. It's just like, look, I can see your butt crack. Either wear a belt <laughs> or, no, just wear a belt. Pull, pull up your pants. Like, pull it up to your armpits. It's just nobody wants to see it, you know? I mean, it's just like this Amazon forest just coming up. And just like, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, and you're uh, and you're you're hurting everyone who's here to enjoy. I'm hurting. I wasn't even there. You know, and so so like I said, so you had to put a sign on the door. You couldn't shower, or, or you had to shower. You couldn't shower. <laughs> you couldn't be Please inside. Shower. You couldn't be inside unless you showered. And then um, you had to, you had to pull your pants up. Like if you if your butt crack was showing while you're, then you got docked a point. Wow, and and because he because the I actually guys, don't mind that because the so. well, I didn't mind it until you walk through a row of just butt cracks, <laughs> like both sides. No, I meant I don't mind the rule, not oh. the butt crack, <laughs> dude. 
Anyway, I, there, you know, I'm all for more plumbers in the world, but I want them actually qualified it, it, and have a license. Okay. It reminds me, there's this guy. He got he he became really popular on the internet. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what year. He went to a Magic Gathering tournament. Okay. And he took pictures with every butt crack that he saw. He just oh, kind of like no. his hands together, praying, like I'm praying for this person. <laughs> like I'm so sad that I have to see this. And so it's it became this thing that any time that's showed in like a, a meme or something like that, you'll see him next to it, you know, with his hands clasped it together. Oh, no. I, you know, I I would Google it, but the words that I'd use to Google it, I don't know if I want to Google it at this point. Oh. But I'll, I'll, I'll define it and I'll, I'll show it to you, you know. But uh, how did we get to butt cracks from we were that, talking about magic, card games, magic the gathering, magic the gathering, the, the, okay, the so, tournaments. The problem, <laughs> That's I, and I think that's the problem because you get any fantasy game, you get something like that where people really like it, and all of a sudden they think that hygiene doesn't matter. It's like, it's how like, does that connect? Because it attracts the people that live in a basement and play this game, and I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like uh, it's like so we showed up at, at a park once, and we were just hanging out, me and a couple of the guys, and and there's this guy there, and he has a bunch of foam weapons, okay. right? And um, and we walk over. We're like, so what are you doing? He goes, oh, we host like little tournaments of like medieval, you know, foam weapons oh, and stuff like boy. that. And then we're like, that's awesome. And then we got to sit there and watch as all of these minivans pulled up where these mothers were dropping off their 20 something year old sons. Just like these minivans just, you know, and this guy coming out and he's wearing all this like this this like duster, this leather duster. He's got like all the spikes and chains and his mom's like, when you could pick mom, don't ask me those questions. I'll call you when I'm done, you know, and now come over and he's like, I want the biggest sword you have, you know? And, and it, it was fun to, to do that. Um, but seeing it, I don't know what the deal is. It's the same as like a, you go to a, a dungeons and dragons and any place that sells dungeons and dragon supplies. And you're going to get some guy, it's like his first time outside, you know, and I don't, it's, 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 ow, what's that in the sky? It burns, it burns. <laughs> exactly. Dirty my eyes. <laughs> I can't mock too much because I, I come to work before the sun comes up and, and then I come, go home when the sun goes down and it's like, I'm pretty sure there's another season during the day. Isn't there some globe that goes overhead? <laughs> so that's usually my work day. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it, but but some of those games tend to attract those kind of influence, which is which is too bad because then you have you know for example when when um, I was growing up, Logan, um, buddy Logan, his dad was like, well, I don't want you playing Dungeon Dragons or things like that, and Logan's right. like, why? He goes because of the people that play those games. Uh, he goes, I don't want you to associate. He goes, I think that would be bad for you. And and all the time he was, he, I, he was I, letting him know. I, I can't totally disagree well, with exactly. that. Well, exactly. Yeah. And so and so my problem is like take role playing. I mean, I enjoy, now, I enjoy I, role playing. I wonder if there's listeners that are going, oh, I'm one of those people. Well, maybe if, you are, if, maybe if, you're not. If you show up to a place like that and you don't see anyone that looks like that, you are that person. Yes. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> 
Fair enough. So, and it's not. And here's the thing: to be very clear, we love we love those games. Well, that, that's, well, that's what, what we're what talking say, about. I love it's the. Games. And here's the thing: if you show up and you are covering all of your body parts, and you have showered and used deodorant that day, um, we will love you too. So. Um, it's very simple. Um, don't be, you know, just have, a just dump, have, dumpster diver. So just have decency, like yeah. going out in public, like clean yourself up. Don't, you know, I don't, I don't care what you look like as much as like, don't smell so bad that I can't stand next to you. You know, like don't bring the flies into the, exactly. into the game room. You so know. And it's not you, asking a lot. And, and and the problem is, like I said, is it detracts from the the fact that the games are they're well made, they're enjoyable, um, they're great to to do with your children, they're great to do with your friends. Okay, so great let me, to do drunk. So so I have some questions and things I want to talk about here. So all right, so so card games because you know I'd like to create some more card games. I I was not anticipating uh, Ghost Smiley taking off like this or having a wide appeal. I was just trying to make that quickly something that I could play with your little, you know, your little brothers and your little sisters, um, which I'm delighted. But they're also, you know, like when Micah would make uh, card games when you're younger and he'd bring them over. I was always astonished at how how cool, how much fun they were. You know, I we see Magic the Gathering. That's probably the best. Well, that that and uh, that and Pokemon. I mean, the, well, Pokemon the card game kind of sucked. Uh, yeah, it was more of the collection thing. Yeah, and it was I, just and, like Pokemon. And, and People I, loved Pokemon. And, yeah, and I and I get that, but it's still there. There's different reasons why you love some of the things that you do, yeah. and uh, I've just noticed there's quite a few really clever clever games out there that use cards. I mean, like one that once I played it once and it was actually, I got hooked. You guys, I think were doing magic, the gathering and I was in the back corner trying the game for the first time was munchkins. Well, munchkins aren't really a card game. It's a board game. Isn't it? No, it's card game, card game, but there's still a, no, it's card game. So you have the little the little deck, but that's uh, I liked the art, and of course you know all the <laughs> the, the art and the uh, the humor on the cards were just phenomenal. So I realized that there are so many good card games. Now I like card games, and I love board games, and I'm I like to what. What attracts you to what are the what are the aspects of a card game that maybe you might like over a board game and things of a board game you might like over a card game or is are there are there games that are a really I, I think, good mix it, of both? I think I, it, it's not card game versus board game for me. It's it's game versus trading card game. Those okay, are, explain those are what's that. Different. Well, trading card game is, for example, would um, that be the Pokemon? Yeah, Pokemon was a trading card game. Okay. Magic's a trading card game. You know, they're not like buy a boxed set that has these cards. Therefore, I mean, more or less everything's random what cards you get. So you have to build your own decks. You have to build your own, um, you know, your own game. And, okay. it's, and it's random. So you have to spend quite a bit of money, quite a bit of time drawing in as much as you can to get the cards you want. And that's why it's a trading card game is then say I'm building a red deck and I have these cards, but I'm missing this, but I got this black card in the random pack and this guy's building a black deck. So then we, tr- then we trade. 
So I just looked up on WikiHow, which I like WikiHow, how to make a trading card game. I wonder why instead of a card game, but a trading card well, game. It, well, the thing is, is that a trading the problem with a trading card game is is if you're if you're gonna make a trading card game, the 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 main problem with that is that you have to have a large amount of people playing it. Otherwise, there's no point to it because there's no one to trade with. Okay. You know, and for for all the money that you put into a deck, if other people aren't doing the same, then, you know, as far as trading card games go, there are only three that are widely popular that that are even that most that most places will even sell. Okay, well, well, my my I guess my challenge with thinking that way is why would there be. Uh, not just art. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, there. Have you ever gone into a game store or actually seen anything? It doesn't even have to be a game where you discover something and say, "Wow, this is you know, this is the best thing since sliced bread." And when did this come out? And someone says, "Like ten years ago," and it's really popular. Where have you been? You know, so I, well, I, I'm i trying to well, well, I'm I'm just trying to qualify your statement. And there's only, you know, three trading card games that are widely popular. But uh, is that a fact or is yes. that just within your? Yes. And you back that how? Well, based on where you can buy them. I mean, take tournaments, take where you can buy them and and. The, well, with the social the, circles, but, that, but my thing is that on the internet, when you have access to Amazon and you have access to the internet, you could buy them, buy things you're, you're right. anywhere. But the thing is, is that if no place is hosting tournaments or is playing them widely, if they're not being sold in stores, I mean, take take Walmart for example. Walmart only sells the three. What are they? Magic, Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon. You go to you go to um, the Walmart. Walmart's changed from location to location, kay. big time. Well, 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 let me explain kay. the rest. Target, Walmart, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, Dragon's Keep, Walmart, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, um, Blackheart Games, Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon, Magic: The Gathering. Those three are the only ones that are played. They're the only ones that still have tournaments. They're the only ones that are, you know, there. I mean, obviously there are other there are other ones out there, but. The thing is, is they're so spread out. They're so, uh, I guess, rarely, rarely sought after. And the thing, like I said, the thing with a trading card game is that you you have to have a large amount of people to play it. Oh, well, what? But why a large amount? Because I, because I'm wondering. Because some of these games, I mean, can't you play? You can play against, you know, one other person. And if you're buying the games, I don't know. Because I, 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 here's the thing: are sinking, sinking fifty to hundred dollars into getting a bunch of random cards to build a deck to maybe play against somebody. Okay. Why would you do that? You would go with a popular game. I mean, you talk about Magic the Gathering. You can find Magic the Gathering tournaments everywhere, and everywhere you can find Magic the Gathering tournaments, you can find. Because the point of this Yu-Gi-Oh. is also to be hanging out with other people, yeah, right? A, and so the so the thing with those is that you can those are the games that are played by everyone, and that's and and there are card games that people play, but not trading card games. Okay, so I found the top ten trading card games uh, according to Arcade Sushi. So ArcadeSushi.com, the best trading card games. At number 10 is Netrunner. 
I never, and I haven't heard of most of these. Netrunner, which again is Wizards of the Coast. They got the money to make these types of things exposure. It says, we've all seen hacker versus conglomerate story happen before, but Netrunner accomplishes this in an interesting manner. Using bits as currency, the runner or the hacker must uh, extrapolate uh, secret data from the core before the corporation can execute their secret diabolical plans. Huh, okay. Number nine is Shadow Fist from Inner Kingdom Games. Um, so it builds on the concept of Feng Shui. Interesting. Well, not really, but, um, <laughs> uh, number eight is Middle Earth Collectible Card Game by Iron Crown Enterprises. Okay, collectible Card Game isn't a trading card game. That, that's, that's my point. Okay, so, but, so but no, 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 the, the thing here says 10 best trading card, I'm only reading I, what's I know, there. I know, and you've read that. What I'm saying, Shadow Fist was created by Robin Laws, it was released in 1995 as a collectible card game, but was shifted to a fixed distribution of cards as of 2013. They, okay, so a fixed, as of 2013, and this right here... Okay, and see, and so, th- this is from August twenty second, two thousand fifteen. So, so my point on that is, is what happened is rather than doing random, they uh-huh. shifted to a fixed set of cards, meaning this pack has these cards mm-hmm. because they didn't have the audience to do trading card game. Gotcha. So when you do okay. a fixed, now there are plenty okay. of fixed collection. Cards. Okay, now okay, so let me read the rest of this list, and let's specifically go back on that point because that's going to help me to clarify and. Uh, and to understand this better. So, so eight, it says, and this says in the title, Middle Earth Collectible Card Game, okay, by Iron Crown Enterprises. Seven is Star Wars Customizable Card Game from Decipher Incorporated. Those actually look like pretty fun cards, actually. Uh, six, uh, number six is Vampire the Eternal Struggle by White Wolf Publishing. Why does that sound familiar? I wonder if it's British. Uh, and the cards look a bit awkward. Uh, five, Legend of the Five Rings. Um, that looks really nice. Oh, good artwork. Uh, four is World of Warcraft trading card game. Yep. And, and you went, know that. And they, went, and they went collectible too. Oh, really? Yeah, really? They, they didn't have enough people? Nope. That's kind of surprising, isn't it? I know Blizzard seems to either I mean, have I mean, spot the on or of dollars miss, that they huh? poured into it, and you couldn't turn it into a trading card game. Okay, and then three, we're on to your, one of your three is Pokemon, the trading card game, Wizards of the Coast, and Nintendo. Wizards of the Coast has Pokemon as well. They, they, huh. they print for it, I believe. Number two is Yu Gi Oh by Konami, and number one is Magic the Gathering. So you do have your top three that you're talking about. All right, so so, so explain so from, the so difference. From World of Warcraft down is is collectible card games. Collectible, okay, so help so help me understand here. Being, there's a set. Let's say has 120 cards in it. Okay. Okay. You can buy packs, or let's say 125. So then there are five packs okay. of cards, and each one has 25 of those cards. Which okay. means so you can buy one of one of each, and then you've got all 25. If you want a duplicate then you need to go pick up a duplicate pack. Okay. They're always they're always there. The price of the cards is fixed because no card is rare. Does that make sense? Uh no, explain that to me. So for example, cuz rare would be meaning that there's only one of these cards randomly placed in something, huh? Yeah. So so let's take when I was playing Magic, I opened a foil um so holographic uh entry the angels. Okay. Now 
the card, that card only appeared in one every, in like one in every 250 packs. And the foil one out of the ones that you open only appeared in one out of 10 out of those ones. One out of 10 of the 250. Yep. Oh my. Okay. When I opened it, it was worth $75. Wow. Now, with $75, you could buy you could buy, you know, their their fat pack of of cards of like 450 cards plus some. You know, that was like uh-huh. $50 plus, you know, you could buy another half, you go in out with a friend or something. The reason that card was worth so much is because it was rare, because it's random, you don't know what you might get or what you might not get, um, which gave it its which which is why it costs so much. Uh-huh. So so that that's how the rarity system works. If you have a a uh, fixed set, okay. Then you know for ten dollars. And we're talking about fixed set is the collectible. Yeah. Okay. Then you know that if this set has the the twenty five cards and you want that card, it costs ten dollars. You know exactly how much that card costs. It's worth. So it doesn't have a rarity worth. It's not never going to cost $75 because you can just go buy a pack for $10 and okay. it's inside of it. Okay, so the tra- so when we're talking about a trading and I you know and I apologize to listeners for me just finally catching up with all the <laughs> the the terminology here. But so we're talking about like a like a game version of like comics. I mean, cuz I understand comics. So you're talking about the value of a card depending upon its rarity and its rare and wanted because other players want to use it in their gameplay against other people in the gameplay. Is that correct? Yes, but it's it's a combination between that and the fact that they can't get it. So okay. it's like take Diablo Diablo three. Okay, you're looking for that one item that you want, right? Yeah, and you can do fifty runs and not get it. Right, irritating, but yeah. Imagine if Diablo had a. A loot table for each boss that you're guaranteed all these items from this boss and all these items, then you just get one of all the bosses and you'd have everything, right? Correct. That's the difference. Oh. So these players, so now if you've farmed 50 runs and you still haven't found it, but another player has found like six, and he goes, Well, I'll trade mine for your my piece of armor for your piece of armor. There's there's your trade. Gotcha. So it's the same with cards. You could buy 50 packs mm-hmm. and not get what you wanted. Someone else might get it, and there's and there's where the trade comes in because it's a okay. it's a set of random, and so the and so like I said, the, so the problem with that is that if I have no one to trade with, my only option is to buy random packs until I get it, which means I could sink hundreds of dollars in and not get that one card that I wanted. So I can see the appeal, especially using the the Diablo uh, analogy there. So I can see the appeal to this, but I can also see it is definitely a finite arena. You have to have the backing of exactly. enough people. Yep. Okay, so so I am understanding now better, and I appreciate us walking through this. And hopefully there's some listeners that are where I, where I am that are like, oh, that makes sense now. So now I'm looking over to the to the uh, collectible. So collectible and trading, two things. Two different things. So the collectible, you're also talking about how, like, we've talked about coming up with some kind of a card game where we would end up having, like, with different races. And then as we go further in books, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not divulging anything that we've done. We've just been talking hypothetically of ideas. But, like, if we want to come out with another race from the books or things like that, then that would be a, 
like an extension pack or something like that, correct? So everything is set. But you still are able to play the games and to do that. Correct. Do you know of any games that have done a variation? Because I know with some manufacturers, it's becoming more popular, which I think is bizarre because if you don't have enough, like you said, a big big enough audience – to be able to support a trading card game, and yet there are manufacturers that you can pay a premium price, and they will do random, uh, packs. random, random well, well, packs. The thing is, is that there's no end to the amount of people trying. True, very, very, and true. and and plenty of people are like, "Oh, well, I want to be the next greatest trading card game." I mean, there are hundreds of them that come out every year, but the problem is, is that. If you don't have, I mean, not even Blizzard could get theirs. And the Blizzard's game was a fantastic yeah. game. People played it. But not enough. Wow, and that's well, and that's the thing is that. Do you, you have any idea what the tipping point is? What kind of players, you know, numbers of players that you would need to have? I mean, I, if I, we if we I, look down, okay, so we've got. So I'm still looking on the site. So we've got Magic the Gathering's number one, Yu-Gi-Oh's number two, and Pokemon Pokemon's number three. Well, I mean, we know how huge Pokemon's a worldwide. Yeah. Wow, and we know time, magic at, is. Yeah, and the, at the time, at the time, I mean, at the time that uh, that Pokemon was introduced, every printing press in the United States, at least, every printing press was printing Pokemon cards. Yeah, they said it was like printing money. Yeah, which is funny. Which is kind of confusing confuses me why Pokemon, the trading card game, would be number three. Because it, I it know, died um, out. I mean, it still has it is still people that play it, but it's not even on the same level that it was in, in the huh. 90s. Because I've never... I've watched the cartoon, but I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, well, that was the other thing. Is it Yu-Gi-Oh or Yu-Gi-Oh? Yu-Gi-Oh. And that's the other thing. Yu-Gi-Oh got popular because the TV show was popular. The trading card game didn't come out until the TV show was really popular among... Among the kids, so well, so listen to this. Just just and then you explain. It says here just the little paragraph says, "Let the fans bicker." But Yu-Gi-Oh has been winning against the Pokemon trading card game for a very very long time. Magic: The Gathering had something similar to Pokemon, where set rotations were banned each year in official tournaments. In other words, your card set uh, your card sets were no longer viable for tournament settings after a certain point. Uh, these were implemented by Wizards of the Coast in order to urge players into constantly updating and redoing their decks every year. Meanwhile, Yu-Gi-Oh! simply has a list of banned cards that updates itself every year and is nowhere near as bad as the set rotation systems of Pokemon. Yu-Gi-Oh!'s 2,000 to 8,000 life point system was a simple twist on the hit point system of other card games, but it made Yu-Gi's gameplay feel more significant due to the large numbers revolving around most in-game actions. You fool! You forgot that my Dark Magician gains 500 attack points for each Dragon-type card on the field. You know, I think people joke about that a lot. They say, uh, "They say, let me guess, you're one of those people that stopped playing Magic and went to Yu-Gi-Oh for the bigger numbers." You know, because really? this guy That's has one attack, but on this card, that he's like, "I have a thousand. It's the same thing. <laughs> really? It's just the numbers are inflated. Wow. So the thing, the thing about Yu-Gi-Oh, so it's like, don't play the Monopoly, play Trump. The, the reason that I, <laughs> the reason that I wouldn't, that I don't like Yu-Gi-Oh is because of that, because of that large pool of cards. Really? Um, because then it blows. So Magic does – so they have something called set rotations. Okay. You know, like it said. Basically what happens is is they have three expansions. 
that come out in a set. And then they actively, I think they always have four sets active. Then when a new set comes out, it kicks off the, the, the other set at the, at the opposite end. Okay. Now what that does is it keeps people buying cards. Okay. Uh, it keeps all the tournaments new. It keeps all the decks innovative. And it keeps players from creating these consistent infinite combos. So, for example, with Magic, there are, um, off the top of my head, I can think of six. I'm sure there are more. Infinite combos. Now, what an infinite combo is, is that it's a combo that it's infinite. It doesn't ever have to end. There's one combo, for example, that um, that uh, it's called it's a squirrel combo. A squirrel combo? So what happens is the card taps, and it says when you tap this card, you get to summon a squirrel. The, <sighs> okay. The, then, there was, then there's another card next to it that says, okay, well, when you summon this type of beast, which one of those squirrels is, you can untap your land and untap another card. So what happens is they summon a squirrel, then it untaps the other cards, and they tap those ones to summon another one, then tap those, then it untaps those, back and forth, back and forth. And so on their turn, they can do it a billion times. And since there's no time limit or anything, they can basically just say, I'm going to take a die and I'm going to put it there. I've summoned this a billion times. Okay. Yeah, game's over. You lose. All right. There are plenty of those. Really? So they wrote, so because what happens is, is if you don't, if you don't rotate sets out, then a new card that came out in, in 2018 could create an infinite combo with a card from 1994. Huh. And it would ruin the game because everyone would need to run that combo, for example. So what they do is they limit it so that they can keep the creativity on their end and they can even reprint kinds of cards but that means they have control. So they over narrow the scope so that they don't have to, because the variables. Then you run out of cards you can create. You've yeah. already created all of them. So now, you know, I mean, take one of the problems with Hearthstone. Hearthstone has rotated. They found that as the pool got bigger, they were having that problem. So they started rotating sets. Got it. Everyone was super mad about it. Now they have a wild and a standard. In wild, you can play any card from any era. And what is it? It's run by the same deck every single time. Everyone plays the same one. Why? Because it's just too strong. You can't play that in standard because the card rotated out. Hmm. You know, so so what happens is is people think, well, if you have access to all these cards, think of all the decks. No, there's going to be like two because they're obviously stronger than everything else. And nothing will ever beat it because the cards were printed already. Wow. Does that make sense? It does. So that's why I personally really dislike the way Yu-Gi-Oh! And I didn't realize Yu-Gi-Oh! was like that until I was talking to one of my old co-workers from QuadiCraft, and he still has these Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. And I'm like, well, when I was a kid, this card, you know, it was like Blue Eyes White Dragon was the best. He goes, eh, it's an okay card now. Because then you have something called Power Creep. So Power Creep is just in increasing the power consistently. So when you look at old sets versus new sets, you know, the, the new set's so much more powerful. Take, uh, take Diablo. When you first started playing Diablo 3, um, you had, you know, you were hitting for 60, 70, and then when you got your great gear, you were hitting for like 900, right? Right. Now you're hitting in the billions. That's, that's power creep. Oh, wow. So what happens is... Do you like that? I don't. Okay. And it's generally dis- disliked among most games. So take World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft is blowing things out of proportion so badly. Okay. They do things called stat squishes. They've done it a few times now. Where uh-huh. all of a sudden they take everyone's stats and they drop it back down. You know, they cut it by like 90%. Wow. Because it's just so blown out of proportion, nobody cares anymore. 
It's kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to relate it to things that I have experience with. So that's kind of like playing, say like villains of vigilantes where they say, well, I want, I want eight powers and no weaknesses and I want to be able to, you know, okay. Yeah, basically. So, so what happens is, is you start out with a weak character and then let's say every game you up their power by X amount. Okay. And then all of a sudden you get to a point where it's so blown out of proportion. It's no fun. It's no fun. Gotcha. So that's so the power creep in in and it, it's a it's a huge problem with with video games specifically, um, but but in some of these card games like like uh, Yu Gi Oh for example, I mean the problem with a set not why why out, did they I'm curious why they created that in the first place then um, the the idea was is it the, to encourage people to stay or what I'm not I'm not sure I think most of the idea is about. Uh, your card's always relevant. Okay. The The problem with that is then if you've built a card that is obviously the strongest card, so like when I was a kid, Blue Eyes, White Dragon, if this card is so strong and almost nothing can beat it, then why would anyone ever get a, get a new card, right? They just want to get okay. this card. Right. So then what would happen is then you need to print something that's bigger. So you've printed something that's bigger. Well, now they're going to need to get it anyway. Now they're only going to want the new cards because the new cards need to be stronger, Otherwise, they're not going to play or buy the new cards. I'm so all of a sudden, problem. so all of a sudden, it's like, well, I've got the blue eyes white dragon, which as a kid and in the TV show, it was just like almost nothing beat it. And then now it's, oh, I've got like six of those. I just leave them in a pile. I don't even touch them. You know, so you have set rotations, um, and what and like I said, so that allows people to, it allows them to introduce new mechanics. I mean, take for example, um, the set that I loved the most. Um, from Magic the Gathering. Um, I'm trying to remember the full set name. My favorite expansion was Avacyn Restored. So basically, um, Magic the Gathering does a theme with each of their sets okay. and a story with each of them. Isn't it usually around a character? Generally. A character or a world, something like that, because these are like planes of existence and things. Anyway, so what happens is, is in the set that I liked, and I'm... I'm I'm blanking on the name. Basically what happens is all of a sudden the, the, their version of one of the devils from the nine hells has taken all the angels and locked them in a vault. Oh, really? So the first set is tons of werewolves, tons of zombies, tons of vampires, and then humans versus all of them. So all the cards are like, all the human cards are like, if you're fighting vampires, get plus, 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 or, you know, which would suck against most other sets because if they don't have vampires or, right. or zombies or whatever, then the second set in that was kind of like the humans are trying, they're fighting back. The humans are a little bit stronger. But, this is, but they did this because these are specialized sets that they're... Yeah, it's the storyline okay. in the set. Okay. And then in, so, and the set is three expansions. So the first one expansion was that. The second expansion was, was more or less the same with the slight shifting of forces. Then uh-huh. the third one was the angels have broken free and they're coming to wipe everything out. Oh, 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 and that was my okay. favorite one. So, so... And they do that each season? Stuff like that? Yeah. So it's like every three months. Is when new sets. So they, I think, well, three months. Yeah, I think that, well, they do like three sets do, a year, so four don't months. Don't they do quarter? Yeah. I was gonna, yeah. Okay. So I think, I think every, every four months about um, is when a new set. Anyway, so, at, so the angels come out and then you get, so you got all these new cards because like uh, the card I was talking about, Entreat the Angels. Well, what happened is it, it introduced a new mechanic called a miracle. The way the miracle worked is rather than paying the cost for the card, uh-huh. when you, drew it on your turn 
you could just pay it for a miracle cost, which was like, for example, I have one card that costs like seven mana, so I have to wait to the end of the game to play it, or I can play it for one as a miracle. The way the miracle works is you have to flip your card up. And if it's the miracle, you can play it. If not, you can put it back in your hand. So what I do is I'm in the habit of flipping up and looking at it. If it's a miracle, I'll play it. But then the one that I have in Treat the Angels is to fill your board with flying angels. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a win condition card. It was, yeah. you know, then you had in the set, it released, you know, this angel of light, then this angel of from this plane, then this angel and this angel. Uh-huh. So it released them. So, and they had all the bonuses against the previous two sets. Wow. And and it was just so much fun. I enjoyed it. I still, you know, I love the cards from those. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduced in the first set, they introduced werewolves. Well, werewolves were double-sided cards. So what happened is you'd have a placeholder card that you would put in your actual deck. Uh-huh. Then you keep the double-sided because you can't put that in a deck because right. it's double-sided. Um, and on one side, it's got like the human. Uh-huh. And then if you do something on your turn, then it turns into a werewolf and you'd flip it over. You know, now they didn't want those cards to interfere with the cards years ago of equipment and armor, because if they put stuff on that, then it'd become too strong and nobody could play against it. So they had to rotate the other sets out before they could rotate those ones in. And that's the way that worked. Wow. Um, What what a job. Yeah. And so it keeps so you so I mean, the amount of jobs it creates just in the fact that you have to have a creative team that is consistently going all the time. Right. Um, They reprint cards Mm -hmm. that gives them the option to reprint cards. Do they modify the cards? No, they'll modify them. They'll generally put different art, you know, but they could have cards with the same. I'll tell you something out of everything. I mean, you know, me being an illustrator by profession, I the the, Magic the Gathering is some of the most gorgeous art ever well I one, just love it. one of the things that they that uh, like the guy dylan that i played he would only use and he'd have decks sorted by artist really yeah he'd be like well i'm only collecting this kind of deck and it's a combination of these two artists you know or huh. things like that and um that's interesting and so because of so because of that the way that worked with the rarity and the randomness of the cards you, know, you have for example they had these full full picture land cards and the artist only did like two of them and they only printed like 400 times. Well, all of a sudden everyone's like, Hey, wait, I like that. And if there's only 400 of them, you know, that's where the cost goes. Yeah, you can go grab them. Huh. So that's why you hear stories of like the black Lotus magic card being worth like 20 grand. Cause there were only a few of them. Wow. You know, and, and if it was a collectible card game, well, you would just buy the pack. You know what I mean? Yep. So, so you have to have a large, and I don't know what the number is, um, but um, but I can say it, Magic the Gathering was the first real trading card game. I mean, they had trading cards. They had, like, baseball cards and things like that. And those people still do that, but but less now because baseball is not as – some of these sports aren't as popular as as they were uh-huh. 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Say 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, – but you have to have you have to have a, a certain amount. So like Pokemon, well Pokemon, the reason the trading cards game is still going on, the reason I think it's less than Yu Gi Oh is the card game itself is not as fun, but people still collect it because Pokemon just kind of created this ingrained um this Pokemon culture almost. You mm-hmm. know, it was so popular. Yu Gi Oh was was the same thing. When Pokemon was really popular, Yu Gi Oh wasn't as popular. The Yu Gi Oh cards weren't as popular. Mm-hmm. But the game, the actual game it's fairly decent it's fairly complicated it's, it's uh-huh. enjoyable things like that so how long um, has Yu-Gi-Oh been around because I have no clue I don't know 95 97 probably wow. I I don't know about that but I would assume somewhere around that area 
Hmm. You know, there was like a Jackie Chan card game that tried to get going when I was younger, and that didn't go very far. Um, huh. So at least Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon off the games and the TV shows, that's what put their trading card games, because that was also the height. That was when Magic was getting popular. And Magic was getting popular just because no one had had a trading card game before they had had collectible card games. It's right. the idea, and it started at like a, a, com- a Comic-Con event, and they went, oh, well, this is doable because we have all those people that want to buy and play this game anyway, and it spread very quickly. And then other, everyone was like, oh, we want to do trading card games. Then Pokemon came in. Pokemon was the king for a few years. He beat out Magic, you right. know, but then it died out because the game wasn't nearly as good as... Um, and that, and then the game now is it's the same. The game, the cards come out now. It's just this insane power creep. I mean, you look at the two cards, you know, from, I still have some of the first edition cards from when I was a kid. And, you know, one of them is like this guy, he's my strongest guy. He can do like 60 in one hit with, with no, with no problem. You know, mm. and I look at this card, this one's like, this one does 200, <laughs> you know, and he's a medium level, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, I, I yeah, people, people kind of mock um, but there's also Pokemon all types that, of players too. I bet that appeals yeah, to some people. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, is that it, um, so figure out what crowd you're trying to cater to, speaking, right? The larger the number, the, the lower the age. That's what I was going to ask. You know, so because you, you because, get a kid that's like, I'm going to hit him for a million. Yeah, that would be Simon. Yeah. Like, but dad, why would I not play this card? It's a million. Exactly. And so that's, that's why I said the joke earlier. Yeah. People said, so let me guess you switched to Yu-Gi-Oh because the numbers were bigger. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, Makes sense. and, and the one thing that I have to appreciate magic, the gathering for is that they, um, they didn't, they haven't had a power creep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've had sets that are obviously stronger than other sets. Right. But because they rotate out, okay, it doesn't matter. They also have different modes of, of play that have become popular. So there's one, it's called like Commander. Well, Commander is rather than a deck of... So the rules for Magic the Gathering is um, your deck doesn't have a limit to how many cards, how few or how many. There are tournament rules. Tournaments say you, can, you have to have a certain amount um, or within a, a certain amount. But for actual gameplay, you could, your deck can be as small or as big as you want it to be. Huh. Um, the I mean, they have cards like if you if you have this draw this card and there are five hundred cards in your deck, you win. You know, it's like, <laughs> but the the chance of drawing said card, right? You know, um. So uh, so there are things like that. the The other thing is that um, is uh, they they have the different game modes. They I mean, in tournaments, they have like two headed giant where it's two players who share the same turn versus the other one, you know? They have one, the really popular one is EDH, or Commander. Um, and it, what it is is you have a deck of 100, but you can have no duplicates. That's, that so sounds creates, pretty so tough. It, and then what happens is you have to have a Commander, which has to be a legendary creature. Okay. And the colors that he is are the only colors that are allowed in your deck. Oh, again, even more difficult. You know, and so you've got legendary creatures that are only like one color. Well, if you're going to have a hundred cards, that's, and all these, wow. but but it pulls. It doesn't pull from standard, like the standard rotation. It pulls from a slightly larger because since you can only have one of each card, you need to you need a bigger pool. Right. When regular regularly, you can have four of each card in a regular deck. Huh. Um. And so because they create game modes, because the game's just that well in, I, you know, I, I didn't enjoy Commander as much, but it was like the guys I lived with, it was their favorite, you know. 
at one point, I think Craig, Craig had, had like a $250 commander deck. Wow. And, uh, and the problem is, is I could, I, I say I could beat it, not because I owned the cards, but because I had an idea for a deck once Avacyn came out because the uh-huh. angels were legendary creatures. Right. So I was like, I'm going to get this angel. And then I went and I printed out the pictures of all the cards that I wanted to put in my deck. Yeah. I, and, I, and I figured what I'd do is I'd put those into sleeves. I'd try it out. If it, if it seemed good, then I'd go buy all those cards individually. Oh, wow. It was isn't fantastic. It, isn't it more expensive to buy them individually than it is yeah. to get yeah, them in decks? Well, I guess it depends on where you buy them, just like comics, huh? Yeah, it, well, it depends on where you buy them, and then it depends on if they're still in, like, standard or something. And isn't that also kind of the point? The The trading card is that you can go to another player and say, do you have any spirits of this? Exactly. I'll give you this one. Okay. Take, take, for that example, the deck Simon has now. Uh-huh. Half those cards aren't printed anymore. Okay. So there's a limited number out there. There's, right. You know, um, so I go on to, it's like TGC, tradingcardgameplayer.com. Uh-huh. And and they just hook up vendors. You know, do you have cards to sell? What cards right. do you have? Right. And I was like, I want this one, this one, this one, this one, because those are the ones that I missed from those sets, and I'm going to put them in his and go from there. Cool. So Very cool. Very so cool. I, so I... When when creating games, and so... so Or I, I guess to go back to the question that, that, that led to this, you know, what's the difference between, you said, a card game and a board game? For me, it's a... Card and board games are relatively the same. If If it's a set... That you can sit down, you open a box, you play it. Whether you're using cards or whether you're using a board or a combination of the two, it's all the same to me. It's whether or not it's a trading card game versus something else. I've always wondered if there would be a way, and I guess you could do it with card games, but for some reason there's just something magical to me having a, uh, a, a board. For some reason it like gives me a physical presence. I just I wonder if there would be a clever way of creating a game that someone could be excited and that gameplay would be different each time where you could play a game against yourself like a solitaire but with actual with action yeah so know? those are so those are becoming more popular take i mean x are they, they did it with an x-men game you know jordan brought over and played it playing against the boards becoming more popular oh but you're talking about uh you're talking about a uh, um a cooperative game. I wasn't actually well, no. mean. Well, you can do it by yourself. I mean, take the one Jordan, the X Men one. I mean, you could play it by yourself if you wanted to. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I mean, pandemics, pandemics, an example Boy, of a cooperative, yeah, cooperative yeah, one against yeah, the game yeah. or against the board. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to try but, that on but my you, own. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> gonna die. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. Well, I, the thing is, is I mean, technically, you could play Pandemic by yourself and you'd still lose. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because because it doesn't matter if you're playing by yourself. Because when we're playing with all the all the uh, the people anyway, you're all working together. You're coordinating. Everyone's everyone's saying the plan, then executing, then going with the plan, then executing. You can yeah. do it by yourself. You're still going to lose. <laughs> I mean, you could play everyone. You could be the master, the mastermind behind it. And yeah, you're still not going to. Uh, that's why Jessica and Dallin want to come over. They want to help. They've they've won the game. I think three times now. And your mom's like, "What? How are you, know, you funny. doing they're, this?" They're, they're going to be like, "Oh, we can, we can help you. We know how to we know how to win it." And you look at them and you go, "Luck," <laughs> because you're going to say, "I won it three times." And I'm not saying you're a liar, but I'm saying at the end when you won, you're looking at everyone across the table like, "How the hell?" <laughs> but then you go, we, I, "I I I knew." Then how they to get do up that. like, "We did it. We're the best. How do we win? Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just we did it." We've achieved this. Oh, those of you who have not not tried that game, it's called Pandemic, and uh, it's diseases, outbreaks, 
and things in the world and your job. All the players are working together on a team against a situation uh, to save the world. It's very intense and it's fun. Um, and not to slam anybody, but don't play it if you're stupid because it's you you've got to be clever and really be a strategic type thinker <laughs> don't don't invite your stupid friends yeah <laughs> you won't have fun and you will be angry at your friends so just so be does careful. that mean that if you have friends that own pandemic and you've never been invited over oh you're the stupid <laughs> one i next question <laughs> uh, okay you wanted to, you wanted to talk about uh um Warhammer, didn't you? So yeah, so that's there's another game. So this, so Warhammer, because um, that was fun. I finally played from beginning to end. Had the time when we played you and I, and I wish Colby would have been able to finish there, but Simon, yeah, playing with that, and I did get so excited that I did a lot of <laughs> it took a lot of pictures and put a lot of stuff up on Instagram, uh, and who knows, maybe I can throw up some pictures with uh, with our patrons here. But it was. It was a blast. Yeah, so Warhammer, so those of you that don't know, Warhammer's a, I, I like to tell people it's a really complicated risk. Um, the difference is, is that it's a, it's a collection game. It's a models game. So you buy models, you assemble the models, you paint the models, you know. It's you, British, isn't it? Um, isn't Warhammer British? No, I think it's closer to like Sweden or Norwegian or something like that. I'm going to look that up. Go for it. Um, and, but I don't know, it could be British. I know it's. I know it's somewhere. It was developed somewhere in the UK or in the um, EU. Um, oh, maybe it was the UK. Anyway, um, but uh, but it's an enjoyable game. The the problem with it is that the the, the price level to get in. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at like three hundred dollars to get started. Um. And so it, it kind of turns a lot of people away. Then if new models come out or something like that, they, they want to keep going with that. Um, as far as games go, there, there are a few games that I've ever enjoyed more than that. Um, and for those who are listening, you should see my son's ever-expanding collection of the models. I would see. So what I did is rather than I just found things on eBay because it's such an, such an expensive game. There are people that bought into it, you know, let it sit on the shelf for two years, and then are trying to sell it on eBay for a fraction of the price. So most of my models have come from from like eBay or something like that. Um, generally, they're painted badly or they're put together badly, so I'd have to like give them a chemical bath and clean everything off so I could do it the way that I wanted to. But the thing about um, the thing that I appreciated about it is the customize the ability to customize your army. I mean, you can build the models the way you want to build them, the weapons, the armor, the positions, etc. Um, you can paint it the way you want to. Um, you can add modeling clay, you know, kind of build your own stuff, you know, so what, and then I, I just enjoyed the fantasy of it. Now, Warhammer specifically had two, um, two games. There was Warhammer Fantasy and Warhammer 40K, which, which 40K was something like 40,000 years in the future for the most part. It's a, it is a different story, but it's, you know, it's the futuristic stuff. It was um, British by the way, it was original. British. And this is where it's popular. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I had no idea there were that. I think many. as I say, Australia is the most, 
the most popular. Is that on? Yeah, uh, it's yeah, yeah number one there. Um, it's so it's popular. It's popular Germany, um, Finland, Sweden, yep, too. New Zealand, Netherlands, Japan, um, Italian. Those those tend Ireland. to be the the more popular. Uh, Poland, def- and look at that, <laughs> and then they have rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, yep, Dutch. Yeah, really so it's so it's pretty, so it's still it's more popular in places outside the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, the and fantasy is fantasy was more more or less discontinued. I mean, they continued fantasy, but they changed the way the game was played and kind of made it close to the same as forty um, k. But forty k yeah. was a skirmishers game versus that was more of the military, the suits of armor, yeah. more science fiction, wasn't it? Yeah, so you've got science fiction and fantasy. Um, but uh, but I I personally like the the fantasy because so the the difference I you, you can tell people is that is that forty um, k is like checkers and fantasy is like chess. Um, fantasy is a little bit slower paced and it's so much more tactics involved rather than dice rolling. Forty um, k is a less heavy on the tactical side and more on the throwing tons of dice. Have you played 40K? I haven't yeah. played 40K. So, so there's somebody, there's a, he's, he's an awesome individual that lives, lives, you know, two towns over that I played 40K with. I haven't, I haven't actually played with him in probably a year. Um, and he loves, he loves 40 I mean, he's, he has his own custom six foot by four foot table in his basement. Um, he's got something like $30,000 of, of uh, Warhammer. Good grief! Because um, okay. what what happened is there was a there was a company that lived close by to us that sold Warhammer, but the individual was always looking for trade work, and so this this guy Kimball, um, he would do trade work for for this company, and they would give him loads of models. Wow! And they also had a trade in service. And um, so people were mailing all the time to this company, mailing their models to get newer models or things like that. Uh-huh. So he'd be able to say these models are slightly outdated, which mo- that, the date of the models doesn't matter with Warhammers. Um, so the, so Kimball was able to go in and say, hey, you know, I'll, ins- I'll install, you know, your air conditioning and stuff here and and uh, get this all set up. But I want to walk away with two boxes of these models that you just got in, these slightly older ones or things like that. Uh-huh. And the individual that owned the owned the company would be like, yeah, take it. That's fine. Yeah, go for it. And um, so he's able to build up just this this large amount. Um, Sounds fun. And so he said it, it, it's taken him years, but years of doing trade work before the company left. Um, and uh, and so he has a decent amount. See, I didn't have a 40K. I mean, I had a 40K army, um, but I didn't like it. I started out one of – they were called the Dark Angels. Basically, they were like the – they were deeply religious, but they were uh, like the Dark Marines. Yeah, they. Um, I guess you could say that they're. Um, oh, I I'm trying to figure out. Basically, they were their own personal honor above above everything else. But they were kind of like the uh, the ones willing to do the dirty work. You know, behind almost sounds like the the Templars, but also assassins. Like assassins, that, that, that is kind of like that. So basically, what they do is is everyone's like, okay, well, we need to march up and get this army head on. And while we're distracting them, we're gonna drop the Dark Angels uh, 
in the palace keep and they're going to kill the king while we've got his army occupied. Oh, okay. Type. All right. And I started out with them and I thought, eh, they're okay. Most of their units, they're most famous for their motorcycles, their motorcycle gangs, you know? Cool. And, okay. um, and I was like, oh, so that's kind of cool. And it became an, and I could get it in a starter pack. So I was like, okay, well, I'd like, oh, I'll go for it. But then what I really liked is the other one they were called, they're called the storm or the, uh, the, not storm wolves, uh, frost, frost wolves. Um, basically the sons of Russ. So, okay. um, so the way that worked, the, I say sons of Russ. So the, the idea behind the 40 K is that there's an emperor and he had basically these engineered sons that they, they all had these powerful abilities. They called them the prime, prime arches or, and, uh, and then there were only a few other aliens out there. Um, then what happened is there was betrayal and some of the sons turned against their turned against the emperor, and then there were the sons that stayed loyal. So one okay. of the sons that stayed loyal, his name was Lehman Russ, and he he um, he was stationed in this frost world. So he called his van, you know, his his armies the the frost wolves. Uh, they're 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 just called the space wolves. The army's called the space wolves, but they're um, they're more feral and beast like than the other the other men because they're they're ferocious. You know, they, they ride wolves, they wield axes instead of energy swords, you know, and claws and things yeah. like that. And they're just, they're the, the extremely loyal, but more, more violent okay. of, of the, the sons. The big thing is that they, the thing that I love about them is that they're one, they're one group they get along with is the dark angels and, and they get along kind of like, like. <laughs> they they'll work together on the battlefield, but the moment that they're behind closed doors, they'll beat each other to a pulp. Yeah, it's like in a bar. And the reason why is because both of their prime like archers would beat army. each other. Would yeah. beat each other, you know. Yeah. And um, so it's like, so they look at the dark angel. They'd be like, no one gets to mess with you but us, you know. And and so my idea behind it was was I liked the the idea of the space wolves. I liked the more feral, the bearded, large men versus the sleek armored individuals you know these uh-huh. are just covered in furs wielding these bloody you know just makeshift just get in there and and, and destroy things right but the the other thing is that i didn't want to buy the models for it so what i did is i took my warhammer fantasy dwarves <laughs> and i started cutting up the models and then putting them on wolves and things like that so all of a sudden my so i've got this dwarf and he's in like this army he looks like he walks straight out of, Lord of the rings but then he's got a missile launcher on his shoulder like a bazooka style <laughs> missile you know just and uh and stuff like that. So, so I bat, I, you know, kit bashed them together so that I could have the, uh, I could have the dwarves of fantasy, but I could still have, but I, I used the rules for the, uh, the, uh, space wolves. Yeah. It's pretty interesting is the Warhammer. I'm looking this up on Wikipedia right now. It says Warhammer, the, the, um, Active years is uh, came out in 1983 and went to 2015. And I'm looking at Warhammer 40,000 that came out. Uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Rick Priestley um, invented the Warhammer 40,000 in 1987, and it's still going strong. In fact, edition 
eighth edition was released June seventeenth of yeah. two thousand seventeen. It's still going yeah. strong. So it's still it's still wow. playing, it's still played quite a bit, and mostly because it's easier, so people can play easier. Games. Well, and the, it says the reason why it's also popular is because it's planetary siege and large scale combat. So. Um, but I thought what we were doing was large-scale combat, or could be, depending yeah. on how many well, points is, we use, so, right? So one of the differences, one's a skirmisher game, one's a block game. Okay. So the the example is if I have, in fantasy, I'll have like a movement tray, okay. and on that movement tray I'll have, say, 30 guys, and they're moving as like a battalion, a formation. In, in uh, 40K, everything's skirmish, meaning if I've got 10 guys... I've just got to move each model individually. They're kind of in this loose formation. Mm -hmm. And so moving them, you know, they can see every direction they can, um, they can move any direction with, uh, with a battalion, you know, you can go forward, you can kind of wheel to the sides a little bit, but you can't go directly to the sides. You can't go behind you. You can get hit in the flank or hit, hit from the rear, you know, but with 40 K, if you took, if you've got like eight guys, and each one's looking, you know, one guy's covering the rear, the guy's covering the sides, you know, it's, it, the, the idea is it's a squad of men. Um, it's, so it's a skirmisher game rather than, uh, like battalions of individuals. So, huh. um, anyway, and the, the storyline for both of them is fantastic. Um, I really like, I really like the 40 K. Um, I, the thing was, is I did, I committed heresy. Every time I played, <laughs> because because I like the space wolves, but the other ones I liked were the Tau. Now the Tau looked like they walked out of Tron. Really? Yeah. Um, and they were the aliens that their idea is the greater good. We all f- we always fight for the greater good. The problem is they determine what the greater good is. Oh, I see it right here. The um, Tau Empire. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so what happens is even though they're they're both in my army. The rules state that the storyline that they wouldn't work together, so I'm not allowed to get my troops close to each other. Oh, really? Because then they'd kill each other. So, so I'm kind of operating two on two separate armies, and the reason I liked it is the Space Wolves were just they were ready to get up close and personal, but the Tau, because of their super advanced technological abilities, um, I mean. They were just excellent marksmen. So what I do is I'd line them along the back of the board. Then I put all my space wolves in front to just mash everything that comes at them. Then I'd use the towel to pick anybody else off. Wow. Um, now uh, the only one that I lost horribly against was the Dark Angels, a full biker unit. Um, just because the rules surrounding bikes, they're just hard to hit. <laughs> like you, you, you know. And, uh, and so I lost to those pretty bad. Yeah, so those are all under the Space Marines. So I'm looking yeah. this up. So, so you, sp- got, you got Ultramarines, you got Blood Angels, Dark Angels, Death Watch, Iron Hands, Imperial Fists, Grey Knights, Space Wolves, Salamanders, and the Raven Guard. Yeah. Wow. So the Astra Militarium are kind of like the Russians. They look like they look like the Russians. Uh, look, that they sounds cool. They don't have the big space suits, but they're just, they look like a... Like barely out of World War II style. Tough though. Yeah. Adeptus Ministorum. Yeah. Let's see, Adeptus Custodus. Anyway, so so altogether, it's it's a great Sisters of Silence. Huh. Okay. Yeah, they've got some very interesting ones. Um, Wow. Anyway, the the thing that uh, I guess the thing about Warhammer is it's it's got a high ceiling for entry. It costs a lot to get started. Oh really? Um, 
you know, like I said, to like for fantasy, if you wanted to get started with fantasy, you know, people, you're going to shell out 300 bucks to start. And then you're going to have to paint your models. Well, the, starting, the starting set that I bought for Cecily when we did that, which was the basically the dwarves and what, dwarves and goblins, yeah. to do your so first learning. Yeah. Uh, no, the starter set for me, I guess it was on sale because for me it was $29. And you only had minimal, you know, that came with the basic starter yeah. books and enough for you to do skirmishes between the dwarves and the goblins. See, this, the starter set... And and that must have been a great that, that I mean obviously a great sale because even now know, you, you can buy those boxes you can yeah. still buy those that exact set it's like uh-huh. a, it's like 110 bucks now and the one that wow. the starter set I bought and I went in with Bentley when I first bought my own Warhammer was was a uh, hundred bucks and then the boxes you remember we I bought the Lizardman box and the Wood Elf box mm-hmm. those yeah. were a hundred piece wow um so there so there are some starter ones and on eBay you can do it for a lot better. Excuse me. Um, but uh, you have to love the model side of it to enjoy the game. You have to enjoy the painting. You have to enjoy the, the modeling. You have to, you know, because it's a hobby. It's not just specifically about playing, but it's right. about collecting, creating. You know, so I'll like I've got a theme with with my army, my my favorite army. It's almost done being painted. And then I'm going to make sure there's grass on the bases, the movement trays match, and the things like that. And then I'm, I, I put it up. You know, I put it on the shelf to look at. You know, it's this model set. It's this. It's I always that's love walking into your office and, and seeing the, you know, seeing those rows and those stacks. And I, and I had a whole there. lot more, and they were a whole lot nicer before my daughter could reach. Oy. You know, I've, well, I've appreciated you guys coming and asking me what the what kind of color schemes that I wanted on the ogres because yeah. I love playing the ogres. Yeah. Um, and, and, and doing that because even with my glasses, I can't, I can't see them. I get them up close. I can't, I need, you know, magnifying glasses to be able to do anything like that. So I'm not being able to paint them. It was a little bit frustrating. So, yeah, see, and that's, and you know, I, I, I appreciate the detail. I think games workshop, you know, they, they call them their fine cast and that's why they cost so much. Mm-hmm. And the problem is 3d printing is going to knock them on their butt already. They're not as good a quality as injection molds. At the moment, right. yeah, injection molds. Obviously, they're much smoother, but um, but they're getting there. And um, which is funny because I like I showed you before the 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 injection mold machines. These giant four to nine thousand pound machines. You can buy those now on eBay because yeah. people aren't using them, yep. and you can pick them up for like two and a half grand. So you know. I know there's not a whole lot of people like, oh, yeah, hey, I've got an extra two and a half grand. But just thinking that you could create a little business and do yeah. injection mold, that's pretty amazing. Yep. Well, that's, I think that's the problem. Is so, that, Or I guess the, the problem with Games Workshop, that's why they discontinued Fantasy is because they were charging so much for it. So, for example, you can buy those boxes and they're kind of they're, – they're a good deal. But, I mean – I want to run, for example, for my dwarves, I want to run 40 iron drinks. Five iron drinks cost $40. Wow. Now, on eBay, I can get them for less if someone's selling them, right? And True. so I try, to, yes. I try to shoot for that because most of the models are in good condition. Most people, you know. Most well, they had a love them. or something for yeah, them to exactly. get them in the first place. So they're exactly. usually in good, in, um, in decent condition. People still make full-time livings painting models for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Canada, there's a uh, mini wargaming. They're still really popular. Other wargaming, other war games are becoming more popular than Warhammer, Mordheim, um, Star Wars X-Wing. 
Um, Star Wars X Wing, really? Yeah, it's 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 Warhammer, huh. but is but, it the one that I saw they're, that they're they actually had the big things on the on the the bases that holds them up off the ground? So you've got so you're running that so, was very so cool. So, so it's X Wing fights. So nice. So you collect X Wings. You've got different altitudes. Different. Yeah, uh, that different was ships. really cool yep. when we walked into the so pop shop. Pretty, I was like, what so is X Wings? Pretty popular. Um, Huh. Anyway, so these other games, and the reason these other games are are more popular is because they're like a quarter of the price. Um, and when they're not doing all these little tiny individual things, too. Well, I think part of it is that Games Workshop just continues to raise their prices, and hmm. and it, it's like they don't have a marketing. It's like they they don't have a marketing team. They don't know what they're doing because the problem is they say. They're like, well, you love us. You'll buy from us anyway. Well, the reason they had to discontinue fantasy is because nobody was buying it. Hmm. Because they're like, you're just, that's just too much. Hmm. And, um, and. Well, didn't they also at one point, I mean, they, went, the they went from metal to the plastic. Yeah. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that saved them a whole lot of money. Um, it's a little bit less detailed, some of the models, but you can still get some of the metal models. The big, the big problem is. They just overvalued themselves. They say, well, you love us. You'll buy from us anyway. Take and, a lesson from that yeah. Harley Davidson. <laughs> um, and so the... I just insulted some people listening. I don't <laughs> care. They're just a name. They're not winning on quality anymore. Sad truth, but it's true. Well, that's, the Yankees workshop used to be the highest quality. It used to be... I mean, I'm, okay, they're still the highest quality, but they're they're so overinflated that it's... It's difficult to to stay. You it's know? Diff, difficult to justify paying that amount of money when you're going. Uh. Exactly. So there are lots of people that have played games by Warhammer rules, but they use like Kings of War models. Yeah. You know things like that. A lot of people when they discontinued fantasy, the fantasy that that they loved, um, that I love, when they discontinued discontinued it after Eighth Edition, um, most people just took their Warhammer models and went straight to Kings of War, and they use their Warhammer models with Kings of War. Because Kings of War says, we don't care where your models came from. Here's the rules. <laughs> um, there you go. Find so, a niche and fill it. And so fill the, it. So the problem, so Guild or Games Workshop Niche. tournaments with Warhammer, they say if it's not directly our model and within, and you can't have certain variations of the model, then you can't have it in the tournaments. It has to be well, honest. I can understand that oh, in tournaments. I can, I, I so, can, but when you're that. when you're doing your own games at home, who the flip cares? Exactly. And who knows? The, so. the biggest the biggest example I have of that is is I had a buddy I used to play Dungeons and Dragons with. He said he said, "Oh, I'll do Warhammer." He says, "But I'm going to go buy a bunch of Lego men and make an army." He goes, "I'm going to pick the army I want rules wise, and I'm going to buy a bunch of Legos, and I'm going to <laughs> That's awesome. them, paint them and do everything with Legos, and I'm going to have a Lego army." Wow. Um, one of my favorite guys he played, one of my favorite YouTubers, um, he used to play because he lived in Florida. He would have Battle Rap, you know, um, going up and the and the games going up on YouTube like twice a week. And then at one point he posts a video. He goes, due to circumstances out of my control, I am hurt. I am quickly moving and I'll let you know when I get settled in. Then the next one was, I now live in Boise, Idaho and no one within 300 miles plays Warhammer. So that's the end. And that was it. And he didn't say why he had to move? Mm-mm. And, I, and, I, and I, it was terrible because he was really upset about it. He was really just like, he's sitting there looking at his models, and he's like, so this is the end, guys. 
You know, that and, sucks. And he was always playing in tournaments down in Florida, and I loved it. But the thing, so his army, what he did is he ended up collect. He found the twenty millimeter action figures, uh-huh. and he would just collect a bunch of those because he had Skaven slaves. So then what he'd do is he'd take <laughs> he would take the putty, he would take the you know different kinds of putty and stuff that you can use and paint with Warhammer, and he'd put chains on them, and then he'd just load them onto the bases and fill his his units with them because one of the units are Skaven slaves. Now, right. Skaven slaves. The game's workshop model is an actual Skaven with shackles on. Uh-huh. It's a little rat man with with uh, shackles on. But he says, "Well, if they're slaves, then." So he just like filled it, and then right in the center of it is a model that's way bigger than the rest of them, like height wise. But he still fits on the base, and yeah. it's He Man. <laughs> and so he's got He Man and shackles, and, and and I loved it. It was the great. Creativity is great, you know. And and so that's why I enjoyed the game. If you have people to play with, it's just it's. It's an amazing game. It's it's complicated, but you get into it, you start working on it, and you just it, it's enjoyable. You know, it's it, it's a tactics game. Um, it's a great beer and pretzels. You know. Well, I really enjoyed hanging out with you and Simon. So, you know, and I enjoy hanging out with my sons. But uh, that was that was brilliant. That was, and it was neat to see what what got me more than anything was we had Simon. I mean, really, we had Simon with the armies, and I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be, and, and, and the, all right, this is going to be a wash. We're, we're going to just, we're going to, we're going to stomp, we're going to stomp him. I'm going to eat his characters. The ogres are just going to eat his army as we go, and we get up there, and in one, uh, one round, everything almost lost. Everything turned, and we got slaughtered left and right. And all the rolls are going bad, and he's doing all these killer rolls. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yep. Uh, so, like, wait, who did win? Did we win or did we he win? We won barely. And I'm doing all these beautiful photo shots, taking my camera down there, my phone, and getting down on the level with the <laughs> with the models, looking over their shoulders, you know, <laughs> saying, look, food. And I'm putting them on Instagram. I'm like, yes, I'm going to show this this win. And then next thing you know, I'm having to do photographs of Wait, my son, I'm losing. I'm losing. my 11-year-old, turning around and slaughtering his father, and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, the thing it. is, I have to say, like, any game that revolves or involves chance, it can just go horribly wrong at, at some point, you know? And it did. And in that, exactly. So in this case, it did. But <laughs> it, that, And that's still one of those uh, young little person circumstances, because... It was you and I versus your 11-year-old brother. And we could say, yes. I just want to say we weren't ganging up on him. We had a fourth person who had to end up leaving. He was partnered with, with Simon. He ended up not being able to uh, to finish the game. But it's still funny because he can still play the kid card. Because it's like, well, yes, I won against my dad and my brother. Uh, but then, no, I lost. What do you expect? It was against my dad and my brother. Either way, he would win. Yeah. So, which is what he did. But we did win. So Ta-da. I can say that that me and my dad collectively beat an eleven year old because <laughs> we're just that damn good. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Well, I think that brings us to a close with this uh, uh, colorful podcast about. Uh, Games, card games, and I'm glad we talked about Warhammer because yeah. that's really enjoyable. I would suggest if you haven't checked it out to uh, look it up on uh, on uh, Google. 
Um, you just even YouTube some of the games, like tournaments that are all over YouTube. Oh yeah, those, and, those are fun. And, and kind of watch how they're played. So they're they're definitely enjoyable. Mini, like I said, mini wargaming. Um, they've got a YouTube channel. Their main income is still Warhammer, selling um, Warhammer, creating videos. They do painting and model work and stuff. And that is a, that is a very distinct advan- distinct advantage of doing the Warhammers because it's not just the gameplay. It's also a good hobby because the yep. painting and the the creating keeps, of keeps things you, keeps you busy, keeps your hands busy, yep. develop some skills, things like that. So yep. Anyway, I uh, want to say thank you to our patron patrons. Yep. Thank you for supporting us. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. We love you. We're grateful. We're, uh, we look forward to, uh, uh, last week actually we tried, um, uh, tested out our, uh, filming, uh, this podcast, uh, show live on Twitch. And, um, it's funny cause we did a poll afterwards and, uh, we got a hundred percent of the feedback was, 10 out of 10, that was awesome. Please do it again. So on Thursdays, we're going to uh, um, be doing this uh, live and a filament. So um, we'll still have our weekly show because today's Tuesday and we'll do that. But uh, we'll have some films put up there for you guys. And uh, we're excited about that. So again, thank you so much. And uh, tell people about us. And... uh, we're excited. We're excited to be here, excited to produce these things for you. And uh, we're going to have some uh, new artwork and new treats for you very soon. So have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. And we will see you soon. Yes.